Mega Dads Live is a mature-rated podcast. It's for the Mega Dads, the Mega Moms, but not the Mega Kids. So put on those earmuffs and let's go! Welcome everyone to Megadads Live, your monthly visit to the place where gamer life meets real life podcasting. Since 2014, we are the ultimate podcast to help you balance your love of games, media, with the joys of life in the real world. My name is Adam Leonard, and I am your host, coming to you from the 33rd floor of Megadads HQ, located in the heart of our nation's capital, Champlin, Minnesota. I am joined, as always by my lovely personal assistant manning the switchboard, Mabel. Mabel, how's it going? You got any big Valentine's Day plans? It's Valentine's Day. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh. Bucket? Like what do you what do you do with the bucket? <laughs> oh God! Tarps and a Polaroid camera. How do you how do you affix a Polaroid camera to your asshole? And what's the oh my God? We can't go one fucking month without the mopping without the mopping, Mabel. I wish I was young again so I could play fill the bucket. That I remember those. Days. I've never heard Mabel of Mabel Fox. Uh, Mabel, <laughs> Mabel Fox. I've never heard of such a yeah, the bucket. Okay. That make sure you uh, you make sure you rinse that out in the mop room. I didn't That's, know Mabel uh, was a squirter. Joining That's me first on the panel today is that guy right there. <laughs> who uh, recently spent his entire weekend fishing for Chinese spy balloon debris in the ocean, Chris Birdo. Chris, how's it going? Oh my goodness, it's, it's, okay, it's a weird thing to celebrate, okay? Mm. But it's going really well. My house is empty. And that's a <laughs> weird fucking thing. People who don't know the backstory, I'm not gonna get into it, but I've got, I've you got guys kids. know. I know the joy of an empty house. <laughs> yeah, but it's not It's not just, yeah, but your kids go to school and they come back. My house is empty. He's been robbed. This is like I, some well, risky like business robbed. shit going on it, here, huh? It, look, it, if you go, I had, to go to, I had to go to Target and spend a whole bunch of money getting shit because it looks like I was fucking robbed. But again, weird thing to celebrate, but however, comma, house is empty. I can walk around my wiener out, and nobody is going to call the cops on me again. So, I'm uh, I'm I'm doing good, man. I'm so I'm you've, happy you've at least got curtains. Then is what you're saying. No, if I'm naked in my house and you look through my window and you see my wiener or my butthole pressed against the glass, that's your problem. What is that the law? What is? Let's look that up. Let's okay. Google it. If you're naked in your is, own I, house and somebody looks through the mirror, is that on you or is that on them? Is that what you're asking? It's it's on them. It's hundred percent on them. Yeah, you know what? Be, right? What if you're posting up like Garfield? Like, okay, I'm not gonna give details, uh, but in in this and other domiciles, I've definitely fucked against the window, and people <gasps> have seen my bare ass for a Whoa. fact. I know for a fact my neighbors in various places that I've lived here, Georgia, Germany, they've all seen my butthole. I, I keep my butthole pressed against the glass. Man, there's a handful of Germans who've seen inside your butt. <laughs> okay. Yeah, at least at least two. 
So you're doing well is what you're saying. I'm doing fan-fucking-tastic. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. All right. Okay. And third chair is the founder of the Burt Bacharach Commemorative Coin Collectors Association, known affectionately as Burtcoin. Tony Minestroni. Tony, how's it going? It's fantastic. It's never been a better time to be a coin enthusiast. Mm. We are super excited. We have the the centennial coin coming out. It's oh, got the centennial backerack. It's the German edition. It's got a picture of Birdo starfish. <laughs> it's it's fantastic, and it's all chrome. It's great. I you am doing one of fantastic. those coins in your butthole. This is more than one. More this than is one. a disgusting episode, and I am here for it. Here we go, Mega Dads. Right. It was just my birthday, so I'm a little bit older. I feel more like an atom. You know what I mean? I feel Fuck more you. like an Adam than a Birdo. <laughs> I'm a little pissed off Everything that I didn't hurts. know it was your birthday. You called me. We spoke well, that everyone morning. else knew. Everyone's like, happy birthday, first well, thing in the morning. Apparently, it's late so in the day. I've talked to Birdo like 10 times. How did everybody know? Are you friends with Facebook? I don't use Facebook. Is that how people, circled people on remember everyone's birthday? calendar. Okay, Birdo? Oh, everybody knows have you. The Mega Dad's calendar. Oh. You don't have the Mega Dad's calendar? Yeah, it's on there. It's, a, it's one of those daily... It's one of those daily desk calendars. You peel it away, and it's every uh, every day. It's got a different Antonio face because as Mine we discussed, every day every is fucking we, Tony Day. Every time we see this motherfucker, he looks like a completely different person. How was the that birthday? Is true. I, it was great. I I played games a lot. A, a buddy of mine who I met online did podcasting with for years, gamed with for years. Was it us? No, he said buddy. Oh. <laughs> Had him come through for my birthday, so we hung out all weekend and chilled, and it was it was great. And like he flew in, he flew in. Uh, he drove like three hours to to come in. Like all of a sudden, my wife was like, "Hey, you're gonna game all weekend, bye!" And she left. And, he, and all the like all the systems were set up. We had TVs everywhere. We had like it was great. Like the, almost like the old land days where you're just like rolling through. We played uh, a bunch of games. We won a bunch of crowns in Fortnite. We did a bunch of Apex wins and uh, we played It Takes Two. Yeah. Can I just great. can I just pump the brakes for a second here? Sure. I got I got two I got two points regarding your birthday. Yep. One, you've been saying for like the last week or so that your wife was planning this amazing birthday yep. extravaganza for you. Yep. And the result of that is she just left. <laughs> she, <left. laughs> she she was just like enjoy asshole i'm gonna go to the spa <laughs> that's amazing i started weeping i'm like off on somebody else like, yeah. you know me so well she's like well, guess what you're gonna do nothing i'm like i love you so much <laughs> that and sounds like a dream birthday to me it personally it's exactly what i wanted sit here and do nothing Insane. and, and yeah. secondly and secondly we postponed the recording of this podcast so that you could hang out with another stranger <laughs> on the internet to to have a game day. But now they're not strangers because they met. I would never drive three hours to meet you, Tony. Thank Just you. No I, I, really I, I am personally offended uh, by this recent this betrayal. I'm very happy. It was a great weekend, and yeah, it was great. Good, good. Uh, What's well, still suck. early on Sunday? We can still fuck this weekend up for you. Don't worry about don't, it. Don't age. All right. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I have, since the last episode of this podcast, been every kind of sick you can imagine. 
Uh, I you had. You don't the flu. sound like Adam Leonard. I had the flu for a week, uh, and a few days I couldn't even roll my ass out of bed. Just, just jacked me the shit up. As soon as my flu subsided, everyone in the house took turns getting COVID, which I'm really lucky because. My wife got it first. She had it the worst. I mean, that's not the lucky part. But like by the time it got to me, the only reason I knew I even had it is because I tested because everybody in the house had it, right? I had zero symptoms. I I was positive, but I, I, I didn't suffer from it. As soon as the COVID left, now all <laughs> of a sudden I've got this horrible cold. My throat feels like I got glass shards in it. I cannot catch a goddamn break save my life this whole house has been nothing but germs and mucus and shit running through it non-stop and um and to top it all off next week i have to go to florida yay <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> where are you going <laughs> we're going to disney world next week yay oh i can't wait to just show up uninvited I hope you do. Make sure you, share your, make sure you share your location with me so I can find you in line without telling you I'm showing up. I, I, I seriously hope that you do. I expect you to, to find some sort of way to make this happen. Because here's the deal. I should be really oh excited God. about this. I should be really excited about this. We are, we, are being, we are being gifted this trip to Disney World by oh. my in-laws. I love my in-laws. They're taking us. Problem is, they're also I taking my wife's sister's family. Mm. Her and her husband are the Trumpiest Trumpers you've ever oh. met in your life. Oh. They are super judgmental, elite Christians that, you know, you know the people where it's like I'll every single- I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> every single person <laughs> in the world that's not us is not as good as us because they don't love God as much as we do. <laughs> I just, I'm gonna have to spend an entire week with these people. And like, part of me is like, yes, vacation. The kids are going to love it. They don't know. Florida, getting away, sunshine. It's been like negative 30 here in Minnesota for the last week. But the other part of me is like, I cannot, I cannot with these, with these, uh, with my sister-in-law and her husband. I just cannot. So, uh, I don't know. It's weird. Have you ever had one of those where it's like, it's something you should really, really be excited about, but you're just dreading it? Yeah, Mega Dad's live. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Waking up. <laughs> like, just say your tinnitus is acting up and have headphones on and be like, doctor said I have to, like, <laughs> listen to this. And don't just tune them out. And then you just be jamming to your, you know, Michael Buble the whole yeah. time Bert in line. Burt You don't have to hear. There you go. Yes. Honestly, you I would do that. I'm like, I You're going to be here for a week? We're going to be here for, we're going to be there for a week. Wow. How many, so how many days actually at the park? Well, three day so we're, everybody we're, does it. We'll, we'll we'll talk offline, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we're, yeah. we're gonna like, we're, no, we'll make... listen. It's it's a it's a two and a half hour drive. I won't drive three hours for Tony, but two and a half hours for you. Hell yeah! Fuck. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll we'll, yeah, talk. we'll talk offline for sure. We'll, but we'll make it happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Elliot will shit oh, his pants. Yeah. He'll be so excited. Um, oh my god, uh, that'd be great. That's wait. Why is he gonna shit his pants? That's fucking. I don't want to be there. Because you're like his favorite. You're his favorite uh, adult oh. who is not in this family. So, like, he, oh he, spe oh, he specifically man. asked me before I came down here. He said, "Make sure you ask Birdo if we can play Fortnite tonight." 
So Aww. God damn it. Is it? Okay, super positives. Go, go, go. Super positives. Go. Bigger dad's being super positive. My super positive is swear to God playing Fortnite with you and Elliot. That he never <laughs> he doesn't get to get on mic ever. Which listen, Discord is now on PlayStation or is in beta testing on, on PlayStation. There's no more excuses. So the next time we play and you get the update. You guys get on Discord, and I'm on PC, and we'll be on Discord, and I won't cuss at your son, or in front of your son, probably, maybe, on accident. I don't believe that. I, I won't. don't either. I'm, I'm, <laughs> listen, I, fuck you guys. What, one session with you on Fortnite, and my son said the term pissed off for the first time in his life. So, no. <laughs> 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 uh, listen, what, your story is my super positive. I had one lined up, but fuck it. No, my, sto my super positive, Elliot, you're my super positive, buddy. We'll, we'll, play we'll make it. We'll make Elliot's it happen. Elliot's killing it. Elliot's on Mega Dad's content oh my God. more and more, and he's, he's awesome. awesome. And he keeps going and getting better. And by the time he's like, give him a couple years, he's gonna surpass all of us in, in what he can do. So it's, I'm gonna be able to retire comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Pass the torch. No, Elliot. Shout out to you. You're my super positive. Just don't he listen to the rest listen of this episode. To this shit, does he? Don't. Oh, I mean oh God, stuff. No. Okay, he's not allowed. Out. He's not allowed. You should you should audio clip it then, so you know yeah. for your son. We'll we'll, we'll, never we'll do this. that. Antonio, what's your super <laughs> positive? So I was walking around the house, and I randomly peek into uh, my daughter's room where she's playing with her toys. I'm like, oh, that's cute. You know, she's independently playing. That's nice. That's gonna be good for us when she doesn't have. That's to the be best. Mama, Dada, all the time. But so she's playing with her doll. She's playing with her doll. And then she's like, oh, okay, you know, like combing her hair. Then she cracks the baby's like neck to the side and vampire <gasps> sinks her teeth into the neck and starts going <laughs> like, like a vampire would like to, you know, and I'm like, where has she seen this? Your kid been oh watching, what God. is that? Pure, was that pure blood? What was that vampire show on it was, Showtime? It was Brent Stoker's blood. Dracula all of a sudden. And I just start <laughs> laughing. I was like, oh wow. my god, what are you doing? Isn't that weird? She's getting a ready month for ago, she was doing heroin. A month oh ago, she god. was shooting up, and now she's biting necks. Oh Your god, daughter's on a fucking... She's, she's playing with her doll. She's playing with her doll. <laughs> she's going to be a like, handful oh when she's a teenager. My, good, my goodness, drugs, bite marks. She's Ooh. making her bed. She's getting stuff out for her bedtime routine. So she's becoming an adult. She's getting ready for uh, assault and you know, being a responsible adult that's able to take care of themselves and good hygiene and all that. It's all the milestones that you would What's the trajectory on this? So last month she's shooting up, right? We talk about she's doing, she's track marks. This month she's biting necks. Next, she's doing, what is she doing? Sacrificing like a puppy next month? What are you gonna tell that she's doing? She, she had a stuffed animal and she cut it open and she pulled the stuffing out. It was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it, she's psycho. definitely on a road. She could go one way or the other. We'll see. That's a tightrope she's walking. You might want to reel that in, straighten her up. I'm super <laughs> You're in trouble. I'm super positive about it because I think it's all going to turn out okay. That's my I super positive. Fucking hope so. What's yours, Adam? <laughs> so my super positive is also kid-related. Uh, uh, we woke up. We're, we're often woken up by our kids on the weekends because it's you know the only day that I have to even marginally sleep in. Usually I roll out of bed before anybody's awake. I'm laying in bed yesterday. It's like six o'clock in the morning and I can hear my son talking to my daughter and he's like, 
Do you want to do grenade launchers? How about okay. golden gun? Uh, no, no, no. Let's do proximity right. mines. Nora, so Nora, the proximity mines are you throw these bombs on the side of the wall, and then if you get close to them, they blow up. Even if even if they're your own bombs, if you get close to them, they'll it'll blow you up. You want to do proximity mines? Okay. Do you want to go into the temple, or do you want to go into the? I, my kids. Wow. My eight-year-old and my five-year-old woke me up at six o'clock in the morning debating what kind of multiplayer match they were going to have in Goldeneye, and. Uh, this game has taken hold of my son in a way that I did not anticipate. Like I played it with him and I was like, this will be fun. And you know, I'll get enjoyment out of it, but he probably won't because it's an old ass game. I've played this game every single day since it came out because my son is infatuated with it. And we'll wow. talk about it in the game. Hot take. GoldenEye on the N64 is one of the most overrated games I have ever experienced in my life. By a mile, the game is not good. The game is not good. And I don't mean it's not good in a modern day context because it's an old game and it plays like an old game and it looks like garbage. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, in its heyday, GoldenEye is a shit video game. It is a great multiplayer party experience, right? You play with your friends, you get your... N64, you get your four controllers and you, you do a split screen and you're talking shit to your buddies because it's only local multiplayer and sure, great. That game, for me, sucks. The game sucks. The gameplay sucks. The, the the soundtrack undeniable one of the greatest soundtracks ever if i could fucking listen to the to the to the menu screen and like the, in the in the pause screen for hours fantastic the gameplay of of goldeneye on the n64 slash now xbox and switch even with the you can change like the controller said you can change like the controller scheme so it's slightly more modern you use the triggers correctly and whatnot played it played through the damn level or whatever and i realized this is why i never finished this game because it sucks. It's garbage. Fuck gold. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. I am happy for everybody who is having a great time with it. I, I truly, truly am. But you guys are looking at this game through these rose-tinted rose glasses. And these are some thick, thick-ass fucking glasses. Because the game, balls. Great. I'm sure it's fun to play with your son, Adam. And I'm glad he's enjoying it. I'm glad him and Nora are having an excellent time. And you guys are bonding and you're sharing this experience from your old your own adolescence with with your son but fuck this game golden eye overrated sucks balls go ahead i don't think i've ever had somebody take a shit on my super positive before <laughs> <laughs> my good dad, no, it's great. I'm, I'm, so happy. I'm so happy it's just the golden eye it's all over twitter everyone's talking about it and everyone's playing oh, golden eye i played golden eye i played a lot as a kid with my friends on and at my buddy's house and it was, it's, it's, it's not the best multiplayer shooter on the N64. Mega dead Just shit and on your childhood. <laughs> perfect dark, perfect dark, better game. We, we will, we will talk more about GoldenEye in a little bit. Let's push that aside. Now that Birdo has hurt my feelings and has uninvited uh, himself from my family vacation. Uh, we're going to get started with our Mega Dad's dictionary term every month. Our crack team of researchers scours the internet in search of ways to make us a little bit more cool and hip with the kids. We get to learn these new phrases and words. And um, I wanted to I wanted to find something a little uh, timely since it's the season of love. Um, we're going to do we're going to do a 
dictionary term about romance. I'm not going to lie. I usually am really excited about these terms. This was tough. I wanted to stick to the theme. This one's a little weak, a little weak, but I think it'll be applicable. I think we can use it a lot. This month's dictionary term is... Fluv. Yay! Now, fluv, it's not, it's not fucking a glove, just because that would be very, that would be very niche. Mm. Uh, but it is, <laughs> I know you have, it is fucking love. So when you fucking love something, you flub it. You oh, it's just fucking it. love. Oh, you flub it. I you flub, flub you guys. Oh, you I thought you us. meant fluff. Okay, I'm like, no, I just I, learned. I love you guys. I just learned what a fluff is, what a fluffer is, so we're good. So oh, every I know time, what a fluffer is. Can we talk about that? Every time you fluff something this month, you're going to hear this sound right here. And that means that you earn a point. And Birdo. Yes, you do. What do you do with these points? Well, you, maybe not you, but your extended family, your in-law family, would really appreciate being able to participate in this month's uh, fluff game, right? They would fluff this. They would really fluff this. If you can earn just five points throughout this episode, you will be gifted one of many spare keys to a very special villa in Mar-a-Lago. Oh. oh my God. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so you get five points, bam, you get the spare bedroom key to a is little it, villa. Is it the Russian tea room? It smells it's, terrible. It, it's, look, it's notable for reasons, you know, a lot of awesome things have been there. Uh, I think I think the FBI has said this is like a top 10 place to raid in 2022. It's, uh, you know, it's a wonderful <laughs> place. So uh, I think people are going to flub it. I really do. Do we do we have to go? Like, <laughs> can you? Yeah. Can you like... <laughs> yeah, there's no refunds. There's oh, no exchanges, shit. no returns. <laughs> no, you can't hand it off. You can't gift it forward. All no, right. You can't re-gift. Before we, before we start talking about the games, since it's February, since it's almost Valentine's Day, I don't know about you guys, but I have some stories about uh, embarrassing the shit out of myself in my younger days in the, in the world of romance and dating. And so since it's, since it's Valentine's Day, I want to, I want to hear some of our worst moments you know there's some folks that are listening who uh you know valentine's day might be a painful time for them they you know not everybody celebrates but like some people are openly traumatized by seeing so many people around them uh in in love and and exuding just joy about romance and i wanted to reach out to those people with some of our worst moments and i've got two so i'll kick it off i'll kick it off with one of mine then we can go around the horn. Uh, there was there was this girl that <clears throat> I used to see, and we were on a date. We were driving to our date location, and here in the Twin Cities, there's a sanitation company called uh. Randy's. So that you see these big garbage trucks, these big shit brown garbage trucks with the word Randy, Randy's sanitation on the side of it, and we're sitting at a stoplight, and Randy's drives by. And I look over to her and I'm like, you know, if one day the two of us ever happen to like have children together, promise oh. me we will never name our child Randy. 
And she looks at me and says, my dad's name was Randy. And not only was her dad's name Randy, her dad died from a hunting accident when she was a baby. I have never stepped into such a pothole of shit in my life. How do you walk that? There's no walking that back. I personally insulted her dead father. <laughs> By referring to a trash vehicle. Uh, yeah, the, the, the shit brown garbage truck. What a shitty name that Randy is. And just then it started smelling really bad. <laughs> like From me at- shitting myself, realizing that I was in the most trouble I've ever been in. Uh, that's not your fault. I mean, that everybody hates. No, Randy. it's not. I didn't mean it. But you know, well, it's one of those I'm, things. It's yeah, one of those things. It. You, Randy sucks. Randy's the good terrible. news is that listen, the silver lining is he was too dead to hear you trash his name. So, <laughs> unless intended. he was a ghost sitting in the back seat, falling around his daughter, <sighs> protecting her, that would be fucked from up. the scum of Adam. <laughs> yeah, man, that's wild, man. What a story. Tony, Tony. I'm sure you you have to. You I have to have a story. Look well, at, I mean, look at the kind of I, person you are. Everybody feel better because I didn't date much like throughout my life. Not, like, oh, let's go eat. Like that wasn't, let's go to a this movie. Isn't a, was, this isn't a hot take, I assumed. It, it, it wasn't my thing. But I, when I met my wife, it just so happened we were at a, a bar that had music. Like it was great. You know, it was a good time. And, you know, I was too scared to go up to her. So I'm drinking like a madman. I go up to her trying to get some liquid courage and it turns out that after i talked to her you know i was like oh can i get your number she hands me her card uh because she was a stylist and she's like here you go and two things didn't occur to me until the next day one her phone number was not on there it was just a business card it wasn't, <laughs> like, it wasn't it wasn't her number at all she wouldn't she was trying not trying to blow me off which i didn't mm. realize at the time and she blacked out, so she doesn't remember us meeting. So what? I called her job <laughs> out of, on a whim. I'm like, uh, I was like, hey, this is, you know, me from whenever. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, ask, you know, like, whatever. I was like, let me take you out, whatever. So she had tried to ditch me. She didn't remember us meeting. But the good story is when she finally broke and was like, okay, yeah, let's go out. That's fine. Unfortunately, she had kept turning me down, so I was already going out. I was like, oh, we're going to this bar, and do you want to come? So what I didn't realize was, so it was me, my sister, her girlfriend, and we were all going out, a bunch of a people, a group. So uh... we, pick, we pick her up, she meets us, and it, and it kind of dawned on me way later that our first date was chaperone. So like we go to we go to eat and then it's like me and her sitting across from my sister and her <laughs> girlfriend. And I'm like and I'm not thinking it's too weird because I'm like, oh, we're all going out and you're just coming with. So long story short, it goes great. And we end up getting married, have a baby, all that. But when now you- when she retells the story, she just says like, yeah, me and my husband, our first date was chaperone. His sister was there. And like, that's the story now. And I'm like, we were already going out and I invited you to come because you didn't want to go one-on-one with me anywhere else. So that's how it just kind of happened. She's like, yeah, I was chaperone. He's a he's a weirdo like that. And that's the that's first basically time our you first met date. your wife, you were both blackout pissed drunk. No, no. 
Well, one yes. of you was blackout piss drunk. You were just piss drunk. Correct. And wow. the second time was the real first time we met to her mind, her sober mind, because that was the first thing that. Oh, she that is so weird. Reminded. Yeah, and it was a. She double doesn't date. remember the first time she met you to this That's day. Hilarious. No, no, she was completely so... blacked out. So no. Amazing. She didn't know she, what I looked she, like. She didn't know any of that. Jesus so I Christ. had like a leg up on her. I was like, oh, yeah. Remember that handsome guy? That was me. And she's like, um, okay. Like, so it was great. Very awkward. Wow. Birdo, got any I, German butthole stories you want to share with us? I mean, listen, I have lots of horrible dating stories. And I, I molded over. I didn't know which one I wanted I wanted to tell. So I, I've also got two. One's really, really real quick. Um. In high school, um, oh. unlike 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 Tony, I dated a lot. I didn't fornicate as much as I'd like to, at all. <laughs> um, but I dated anything that would you know go out with me. And so prom happens, and mm. uh, the group of us go to go to prom. But somebody has to drive, so I'm driving, and um, we're going whatever. Uh, and on the way on the way back, we had. We got a little drunk before prom and we snuck booze into prom. And so there was, you know, uh -oh. some drinking involved. And uh, the really short version of the story is a buddy of mine ended up finger banging my date in the back of my car while I was driving us away from prom. And then they ended up hooking up and I went home just sad and alone. So that happened to me. Oh! On <laughs> That happened to me on, on prom night, but the other. <laughs> oh, yeah. True the love, right there. I love true, true, love. true, true, true love. Did you the know other... at the time? Did you know it was happening? Uh, so. Oh my God, you knew it was happening. I didn't... And he no. kept making the left turns. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> you, I slowed down. You so just want me to drive around a little bit till you're done. I slowed, <laughs> Did I slowed you down turn so up the finish. radio? Jesus Christ. I, I was. Uh, anyway, so uh, my other story. Um, Wait, my... hold on. Fuck that. Where was his no, date? No. In the front seat, like staring yeah, at you or what? Oh, no. There were was... three people in the back seat. Oh, my God. It was oh. three of them in the back seat. Jesus. Listen, so, they, yeah, mini orgy in my car, you know, and I wasn't invited. But you're not in on it? Jesus. How are no. you going to skip past that part? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I asked. Oh, my God. You had trips in your back and you were just oh. acing it in the front. Wow. Listen, so my ex-wife and I. We get married. My, my ex-wife, when we got married, she was eight months pregnant, right? We started dating uh, three months before my birthday. On my birthday is, is when she conceived our, 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 our oldest daughter. Uh, and I know that because we, we did math and we didn't have sex for a little bit before and after that. So my daughter was definitely conceived on my birthday. Happy birthday. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so we, we, we get married. Antonio just we got to play games with a stranger. I had yeah. a better birthday than you. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Listen, he didn't say he didn't have sex on his birthday. Um, <laughs> his wife so, just wasn't there. Yeah. Correct. Uh, so, <laughs> so we so we get married um, a month before my daughter's born, and we can't really have like a honeymoon honeymoon because again she's eight months pregnant. Mm -hmm. So our, her her mom and dad um, pay for us to go to this really nice um, like resort whatever this super nice hotel resort thingy um, with like a spa and all this other kind of stuff. And so we've been we've been married now for like 48 hours and I go this place has this spa let's go get massages it'd be it'd be, it'd be fun we get like a couple's massage or whatever and so I sign us up thinking that we're going to go do this like this couple's massage thing 
same room and we're just in there and we're like you know enjoying each other's company and it's nice it's you know the mood and it's whatever it's not what i signed us up for um she goes in and they say well she's she's pregnant and we have like there's a special like type of there's a special bed with the big belly hole cut out and it's it's separate and for whatever reason so she goes i'm like oh okay well that sucks, but what's fine? You, you still you still get a massage, and I'll just be in here getting getting mine. So she goes and she gets her massage, and I don't think anything of it. And I go and I get I get my massage. I've only been massaged one time in my life, and it was uh, at, at this non honeymoon thing, and uh, it was great. It was amazing, full body, head to toe, uh, and uh, and butt. And uh, I see Adam's head twitch. So we're go we're going, and this lady is massaging me very well massages massage she's starting to get my my butt and she's kind of like this is almost inappropriate like Wait, almost inappropriate. why'd your hand go sideways what what was that Hold on. Oh. she's getting like between the betwixt the cheeks what right she, i'm full nude and she is massaging betwixt the cheek i get hard betwixt betwixt I'm, I'm face down right so now i'm like oh shit I've, I've got i've got this 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 not great erection but an erection and uh, so <laughs> not correct on a scale of one to five. Mm. Oh, two and a half is all I get. Uh, so, <laughs> so she's massaging my butt, every whatever massage finishes. I don't, I'm upset. Uh, so then we go, and I feel like horrible. I feel compelled to tell no, my, my wife, no. who I've been married to for 40, for like 48 hours. Listen, you got the massage, and I don't know if this is supposed to happen, I've never been massaged before. But she was massaging my my my, my b-hole a little bit, and I got hard and like you know aroused. I've been married for less than forty-eight hours. We fought the rest of the weekend that we were there. We did not speak to each other. She was living as if I purposefully like told this woman to grab my my butthole with oil. Uh, so we forty-eight forty-eight uh, hours married, and she and we just and we fought the rest of the weekend until we left and like it was my fault i got us the massages it was my fault i can't believe you did this i'm pre i'm eight months pregnant we're going to the hospital in a few weeks to have a baby and you let another woman rub your naked ass and get you hard and so we had a big big fight so adam, this is am why I, wrong? I will never get a massage <laughs> adam oh i was gonna ask you if you knew but am i wrong but i'm pretty sure that's not a massage. When I've never had one. I won't let, I will not allow a stranger to touch me. Well, like that, hardly at all. Dude, that's it not. It felt awesome. No, but I'm not, I'm pretty sure they're not supposed to be massaging your butt and your, your, your the, little hole. I would think the butt is off limits. Right, especially that's in, not especially a in the butt. She didn't like stick a finger in my asshole, but she was like no, kneading my ass no. cheeks like a fucking roll of dough. No, I'm pretty sure you signed up for the wrong deal, dude. That's, because that's, that's wrong, not you were at the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. It was a very fancy hotel. <laughs> I don't know He's... how to I don't know how to break this to you, man, but I think I think you must <laughs> pay a hooker? Yeah. <laughs> I think you did. And I think that that your pregnant wife was at least twenty percent like right in being a little upset that you were I don't know. I don't know. Other room. But don't you don't know, know what happened in her room. She didn't. He probably fingered her butt. I don't know. No, but I, she I, I, didn't I, confess that to you. You were the dumbass who was like, hey, guess what? She saw a great opportunity to turn this on you, even though in the other room it yeah, was. Yeah, God uh, knows what was going well, on. That baby well, was she, getting an exam. She is. Oh, God, fuck you. She's my ex-wife, though. So, I mean, it's fine. 
It's my ex-wife. Oh my god, this is a disgusting episode. It's like slimy and butt cheeky and I wasn't lousy. expecting this segment to go this way, but <laughs> I don't know why with Birdo I expected any less. Look, I have a much um, more traumatic story, but I'm not telling on this podcast. No, those are great you, stories. I, I think, Thank I you, think you guys you guys yeah. know I think you guys might know my traumatic story, but I didn't want to tell that one. No, we got the fuck it. I think everybody. we get the gist. Your love life is fantastic. All right. Press start. Uh, let's talk about games. <laughs> Season, a letter to the... F How the fuck do we segue? <laughs> Season, a letter to the future. It's an adventure game developed by Scavenger Studio, published by Scavenger Studio, and it's available on the PlayStation and the PC. And God damn it, I should have had Antonio go first because I'm not sure how I can now segue to a story about a game that's just this lovely and introspective story about humanity and the connections that we make. But I'm going to try. I made a connection. I made a connection that Jesus day. Christ. <laughs> All right. Season. Letter to the Future. This is a game that I've been looking forward to for quite a long time. Uh, it was announced at a state of play. It's an indie title. Um, I don't... I, I, quote unquote exclusive to playstations everything's on pc so nothing's really exclusive anymore uh and it's a game that's a story about you are this person who lives in this mountain village in this kind of earth-like world but there's a lot of there's a lot of fantasy elements to it so it's earth-like it will seem familiar it almost plays like an anime you know have you ever watched one of those 90s animes where it's like this is kind of earth but everything is just kind of a little a little bit fantasy and a little bit strange and a little bit. Yeah, like Dragon catchy. Ball Z, exactly. I got it. So you start this game and uh there's a there's an event coming called the changing of the season. And it is alluded to that this this happens every once in a while in the world. The season changes, and season clearly is not like what a season is to you and I. It's not winter, summer, spring. It's it's the changing of the way of the world from one thing into the next. Wow. And you are tasked to go out into the world to leave your safe mountainside village into a world that you've never been to before and document whatever you want, whatever you see, hear, discover. You have to document it, put it into this album, and then move that into a vault, uh, which is a historical preservation place where the people in the future will be able to see everything that you've collected and learn about the world of old. And you have to do this before the season changes. Uh, the way that you accomplish this in the game is you have a camera, you have a photo journal, and you have an audio recorder. And this is a game that is very slow paced. There's no combat, there's no conflict, there's no adversary. It is just you on your bike exploring the world and documenting whatever you want to put into this journal to send to the people of the future. Um, as you as you do this, you meet other people in different villages. You see monuments and shrines. You read documents. You sit on benches and look at vistas and sketch them. It is all just a game about discovery and the beauty of the changing of all things. So it the, the way that the game kind of sets up this changing of the season it it's it's natural to think that this is like an apocalyptic apocalyptic event like everybody's gonna die and you have to document it before everybody dies because nobody's gonna be here to tell their stories 
And it's not quite like that. This game really leans on the fantasy elements where everything will stay, but what happens is everybody who's in the world before the changing of the season will be changed by this event in a way that they will not be able to tell their stories after. So it's not a life or death thing. It's a, we have to tell our story before we can't kind of thing. And I don't want to spoil any more than that. It does kind of explain what the changing of the season is, and that's part of the narrative of the game. Um, But what this game really does well, it reminds me a lot of games like um, Journey or Shadow of the Colossus, where so much of the experience is just soaking in the world um, and just going on this journey, this, this adventure that is not really scripted. You can put anything you want in your journal at any time. You can take a photo of anything. You can audio record anything. If you're walking through a field and you hear dragonflies or you hear a, a, the bubbling brook in the stream, record it and put it in your, in your, in your journal. There's no right or wrong way to play this game. Um, and what I found really cool was as you near the end, you can pull this journal out at any time and it's broken up by the different sections of the map that you go to. And you can flip through your book at any time and remember those really interesting things or really interesting people or moments that you had that you get to document the way that you want to to tell your story in this game. And I found it just very zen, very meditative. And um, yeah, the story was just really beautiful because it really really makes you kind of think about the things in your life that are gone, but not necessarily gone, right? The people that you've known in the past or the moments that you've had that you'll never have again. It's not that it's not that they've been destroyed or they're gone in a in a grand sense. It's just you won't have those moments again. And I think this game does a good job of putting that under a microscope of there are so many things that we have in our lives. There's a season for everything and everything has to have an end. And that's kind of what this game is all about. Are there <clears throat> you mentioned you can uh, you can take a picture of anything, you record anything, you know, whatever. Are there there's no prompts as to what you sure it's just what what is the what is the what's the hook yeah what is the trigger that says go out and photograph the butterfly and record the babbling book like what is the glow or something like what is the yeah what what is the thing that makes that that tells the player hey you 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 should or shouldn't capture these moments these types of 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 moments because X, Y, and Z, and again, I don't know this. I don't know the the, the story, and and I want to play. How long of an investment is this game? Investment. Oh, I beat it in like three days. It's it's pretty quick. I'd I'd say it's probably like five to six hours, nice. depending okay. on how you do it. Sure, um, sure. So here's what the game does: as your 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 journey is basically a point A to point B straight line, mm-hmm. and there are little sections. Um, there's like a, there you you'll come across a farm or you go to this wooded shrine area, and that is, quote-unquote, a level. And each level in this game, in your journal, you have to capture up to, let's say, eight things in that environment. Oh, okay. There are key it does, things... It does tell you that you, have to, that you have to do X amount of stuff to progress. Cause it's, I mean, you have to have progression. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay. You have to do X amount of things, but it can be anything. There are key items in each area where if you do find them and uncover their story, it's kind of a deeper dive into that area. But if I'm in that wooded area, I could take fucking seven, eight pictures of a squirrel and that's good enough because that's the story I want to tell. So mm. you can you can search really deep into each area and find interesting people that will tell you more of the story or find maybe a gravestone and then you learn the backstory about that person who lived. Um, there are key key moments to capture, but you don't have to. And you can capture way more than the eight before you move on. And then as you're assembling your journal, which is kind of like, it's basically a scrapbook. So every photo you take, you can place it anywhere on the page, any way you want. You can enlarge it, rotate it. You can label it with sticker. It's it's like Michael's or Joanne Fabrics, the video game, right? Um, every audio recording that you put, you put it, you actually put it in your journal and then you can activate it and listen to the sounds again. Uh, if That's you see great. certain things and sit down and draw them, you place your drawing in the book. So there, it's not just the photos. You you assemble just this visual diary of this area in any way that you want, either putting the most important things in there or just the things that you found were really cool. I was in this one area that was littered with woodland creatures. So there was an owl and there was like a tree monkey and then there was a frog. And I, I just thought that the character of those little little animals out in the woods were so cool that those were like my primary things that I put in my page. Now I could have had a very uh, in-depth conversation with the person who lived there and got much more backstory and had that be a part of my journal. But this was what I wanted to put in it. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. As long as you fulfill that criteria of you have to put X amount of things in here before you can move on. It sounds like a wonderful concept. And I wish that some of the marketing behind the game had gone a little bit into it without spoiling it because there is that kind of not sci-fi element but like you were saying the fantasy element of it mm -hmm. and just introducing that concept a little bit would have gotten me intrigued to you know try to try it so it is a playstation exclusive correct yep and it yeah, is on, and it's on pc right it, well yeah it's, it's not and it's on pc yep okay yeah, yeah. The, the thing that the thing that caught me most off guard playing this game is when i saw the the marketing for this game like you said i kind of had a different expectation for it i really Same. thought it yeah. was everybody in this world is gonna die and you're here to document it before the twilight of their lives and it's really not that right off the jump in this game the first thing you do is you create an amulet to preserve your memories you're in your house with your mother and she says you need to find uh certain things that are in this house to to put the essence of them into your amulet so that you will forever carry with you the memory of this place. And it's really, it's really dramatic because she says, anything you take out of here, I will lose memory of this thing, but it will be preserved with you as you move forward. So you're walking through your house and there are photos of your dead father. Um, there are birthday gifts that your mother gave you. And if you choose to put those into your amulet, you see the sadness in her eyes of, I'm going to lose this experience that you and I had together, but you're going to have it forever as you move on. And that's like kind of like the pinnacle of where you realize this is a, this is like a real fantasy game. Like this is not real world shit right here. And the Dude. whole game kind of leans on that where there are just fantastic um, tall tale elements of the storytelling in this game that almost detract away from that 
that dramatic resonance of this is the end of a thing. Like it doesn't hit as heavy as I thought it would. I thought I'd be in tears at the end of this game because I cry at everything. As you do. Not, not the case because it just, it feels like, uh, like a Studio Ghibli kind of thing. You know, it, it's, it's like an animated movie. Um, as heavy as some of the themes are, it's also elevated by just the, the fantasticness of it. You know, so, if you think about it, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, like it's such a deep concept because I'm getting older my memory isn't as good and we record everything these days right and we have everybody has a 4k camera in their pocket and the internet is full of images that are we're taking so many that we'll never even have the time to look at again but at the same time if we didn't record things if not if it wasn't for someone doing it we wouldn't be able to even go back and relive that moment again and that's not even truly reliving it is isn't it? It's just a right. snapshot and a particular time, medium yeah. of it. So it's it's a very interesting game. Um, I had just one question about it because it would kind of bother me if I went through the game and I did all this. It's a beautiful thing that you're able to select what you want to do and have that type of uh, ownership over the game. But in the end, did it matter your choices at all? Or was the ending the ending? And it really didn't matter what you put in the book and recorded, or does it come together all in some beautiful way that kind of made it the collecting aspect feel worth it? I, yes and no. I mean, there definitely is a moment where they kind of take your collection and right. you reflect on it. But that's, but it. I think, I think that as much as I liked this game, I, I loved this game. I thought this game was really great. I think they kind of missed an opportunity to really tell a much more impactful yeah. um, thesis as to what they were doing. Like all, like you said, your your observations about how we all go through our lives and we document our things and all of that is here. I don't think they quite achieve like that real tearjerker introspective moment um, through the storytelling. It just kind of puts, it sets the table for you to take from it what you will. And I think for older folks like us who have lived, you know, we have a lot of days behind us and we have a lot more to take from this. I don't think everybody will. Um, it's more abstract than that. Interesting. I have, I have one last I have one last question about the game because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm confused about the I think I'm still on, on the concept. So the, the, the character that you play as in, in the game is going around and documenting all this stuff. Right. And you mentioned he's having conversations with this person and his mother and whatever else is he special in some kind of way where other people aren't also out documenting shit before the end of the season like what or is that something that needs to be not discussed because it'll spoil something on the story it is it is decided at the outset of the game that you are the person to be tasked with that there's not okay, necessarily so, so i think a, anything inherently okay. special about the main character um and if there was then i i missed that but um yeah, I mean, it's you're basically just like a like a journalist uh, okay. interviewing people and documenting things on the way out. Uh, and wh what I found so interesting is like everybody knows this is about to happen. Everybody knows there's a changing of the season, and and nobody is like panicked. Nobody's freaking out that this thing's about to happen. Everybody's handling it a different way. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna take my uh, convoy and I'm gonna go see the world before the change or. I'm going to go and do this before the change. They all know it's coming and there's like this calm acceptance of it, but it's never like explicit what that 
thing is they mm. just know something's about to change um and that kind of feeds into the fact like i said it's a very abstract and fantastic way of telling this kind of story like if something like that was going to happen in the real world we'd all be losing our shit we'd be fucking looting and like <laughs> Birdo we don't need be, anything close. Birdo would be getting butt massages left We don't and need right. anything close to the end of the world for looting. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm saying fans, like, sports fans of sports teams who win big games <laughs> destroy their fucking cities. So we yeah. don't need the end of the world for that shit. This game just has like a blanket of calm over the entire experience that in I some ways it serves it well but in some ways i think kind of subtracts from that emotional residence that i was expecting to have with this game but it is really good and really unique and there's not really anything quite like it uh if you love if you love games that you can sit with quietly and just experience with no sense of i need to go and accomplish all these tasks or there's no stress involved at all it's just a story that you can absorb in a unique way I think season is the game for you. It's yeah, twenty five dollars, twenty four ninety nine on Steam, and it does have a beautiful art style. Which you know, oh, the visuals are much, gorgeous. Yeah, it looks like a almost like a Breath of the Wild ish. Um, very style. painterly, very thing, very hand drawn aesthetic. Yeah, the visuals and just the uh, the atmosphere of the game are are really really well done. Mm -hmm. All right, we're gonna jump into. A game that I'm really excited to hear about. This was just Shadow Drop not that long ago. Antonio's been playing it. I am jonesing to play it as well. And I want you to tell me about Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush is a hack and slash rhythm game developed by Tango Gameworks, published by Bethesda Softworks, and it's available now on all the Xboxes and PCs. Hi-Fi Rush being a shadow drop, it's available now at the Xbox Developer Conference was like the highlight, right? I mean, it mm -hmm. was just out of left field. Xbox needed a win, and it is a win. So the whole concept of the game is it's an action game that gives you bonuses for going with the rhythm, going with the beat of the world. So you start out as a, it's a cartoony art style. It's definitely like comic book throughout. And what immediately jumped out at me was this cartoon world, which normally I wouldn't be a huge fan of, is done incredibly well. So you play as this wannabe rock star who volunteers for an experiment where they augment your body and they give you different like mechanical limbs and things like that. And it doesn't get too deep in the beginning about the why, but you're one of many people that volunteer for this like experiment thing in this huge facility and it's kind of like an evil corporation set up. And by accident, you also happen to have a like an MP3 player embedded into your chest. And it's- <laughs> Whoops. It's, all, right, all right, Tony Stark. It's whimsical, right? And you all of a sudden become this like superhero with this power to summon a uh, guitar that you also wield like an axe. And then the music and the beat of the world moves like everything around you. And, and the whole the whole time the world is going, and your character is like tapping his foot. 
and snapping his finger to the beat and it's and everything is so like rhythmic and the whole world revolves around music and as you discover these new powers you realize that you're hacking and slashing all these robots in this corporation trying to get out and the the game quickly tries to introduce you to the mechanics so there's a timeline similar to like guitar hero and you time your button presses and everything's on the beat and the way that you attack is you can either mash the buttons so like kids could get in there and just do okay but it gives you style points and you get stronger attacks if you time the button presses correctly it gets too deep in the, in the beginning trying to explain to you what how to time the button presses there's a way to um adjust and put a little like guitar hero like bar at all times but in reality what ends up happening is and this is in the instructions in the game it's in the tutorial it's like just go with the beat man because at first i'm like okay like what i'm not a real musical person but there's something to the beat where it's like on the ones and twos or whatever like it's it's on time right and i'm trying to figure out am i supposed to be hitting tap 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 or am i supposed to be hitting x x x i didn't know but then it's like if you just go with the beat you start to notice that everything in the world is pulsing and the music's pulsing and the feedback on your button is giving you the like yeah let's do it like yeah and then like the crowd it just becomes like second nature and an imaginary crowd starts like going and then because you're wielding an axe it's like and then when you pull off a special move it's like a light show like a rock like light show starts coming out of the guitar and there's like a beam of light and it's like going (laughs) and then you start saying if I'm like I'm tapping my foot to the beat while I'm playing and that's how I'm keeping time so I you know I don't go with the on-screen thing and then the the button presses just become so natural and then same thing with the dodge it's like if you dodge 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 you will dodge farther and all these meters are building up and then you unleash special attacks and music is ingrained in these this thing when you start the game a um black eyed peas song is playing and it's licensed and it comes oh, up it's like licensed a, music like licensed music like a music video it comes up in the side and and it's like here's whatever by the black eyed peas and then it's like then the boss battle starts happening it's like here's nine inch nails like whatever oh, track. Sure and then the world goes to oh, the beat of the song and then and it's all like very tongue in cheek and i'm usually again going back to the cartoon aspect of it i'm not really into like the kitty stuff i'm like okay but the animation and the eyes and the the, the, the visuals in this game are fucking ridiculous they're um, like, they're emoting yeah and the and the, the the writing is not cringe it's like funny and and interesting and not overdone and and quick so it kind of just keeps everything moving and then your your name is chai and then you end up getting a companion whose name is peppermint and peppermint also Mm. is a human with augments but goes out with you in the form of a cat and they like are your like little helper and i guess because they didn't want two people running around and this little ball is like on your shoulder like this cat and it's it's just kind of helping you along and as you unlock more and more moves you start doing it's like a kingdom hearts 
arena battles. So you go along the levels and you're jumping with the world and then you get in and then the walls come up and you're stuck in there with like these robots that are all shooting lasers and trying to get you. And you have this little arena like Kingdom Hearts combat where you're like juggling them in the air and you're putting them up and down and filling up meters and it's giving you an S rank because you've kept a combo going and you're unleashing all these attacks. So I'm just at the point now where so the the world is beautiful and you're in this campus of this company and it's all very mechanical boxes and cranes and things like that because at just the moment where I was begging I was like please let this be more like a sunset overdrive where I have an open world and like some rail grinding and so I can like go faster and out but it is very much like a level thing. So you go through a platforming section, it switches to 2D. Now you do some 2D section of platforming. Then you get into an arena, you fight robots. Then you do more platforming. You could discover hidden stuff and then a boss battle, which is epic. And it's not very difficult. Again, it's very forgiving where you're hitting the buttons. And it even says when this like uh, uh, button prompt comes up, you could hit it at this time, but as long as you hit it at this time, you're okay. And, it, and the instructions tell you, like, relax. It's okay. So it caters to whether you want to learn all the combos or whether you don't. And it has so many moves to unlock. It's like if you do beat, beat, don't hit a button, beat, beat, don't hit a button, you'll get this, like, other attack that that it looks phenomenal and, and it is a great payoff. The... The criticism that I have is it does start to feel kind of linear. I don't know if it'll ever open up into more of a, a world, but the pacing's so good that it's like, oh, I get this story beat with these interesting, funny characters, and I do this combat, which I love, and then I get to see more of the world, and everything's like pulsing with the beat, and then the music's going. So I, I, I almost never really felt the pain of, oh, I hope it's more of this, because what's there is so good. And the forgiving nature of the combat, the combos that you can learn, it does seem very optional because if you unlock with your gears and your point, your money system, it's like unlock the ability to do this combo or do this special or increase your health or whatever. So it's like, I'm not good at fighting games. And part of what you need to do in a fighting game is kind of memorize the button inputs. With the complexity of the the timeline of the music hitting on the beat and all the possibilities that you can unlock. I would love if you could put the, the move list in the corner so I could kind of see X, X space, Y, Y. So oh, I like could, the combos or whatever. Yeah, because there's a practice area and you, and you could go into the tutorials and all of that, but I'd like to practice more in game. So I'm thinking of like writing down, some things on like a paper and I want to practice. I want to get better because the payoff of unleashing the attacks is so good and everything's rhythmic. Everything's like this like alternative rock like to it. And it's just fantastic. It's $20 or $24 uh, when you get it on PC. But again, it's on Game Pass. It came out at the perfect time. It's universally praised. It's getting like incredibly high scores all around. And it's just a joy. It's a, and I think I was thinking about Elliot, and then like, can he play this with Adam? Oh, he would. He would eat this up. I, I think it would be 100%. great. He's my best friend. Of course, he knows how to fucking play. Because games. of the forgiving nature, I think it would be good. But he, I'm really hoping that he 
has the dexterity to at least hit some of the basic combos with the. You've never seen him build in Fortnite. If he does, (laughs) if he can learn the, if he can learn the tap, tap, don't hit tap, tap, Mm -hmm. and then it it starts to unleash, and then a button prompt, and then if you hit the button prompt, crescendo, boom, and it's just like, oh my god, it's a joy, and I've been, I've just been loving my time with it so far. I, I, How much is this on Steam? I think it's twenty dollars or twenty. There are two. I have to. I have to play both of these games now. Hi, hi, Hi-Fi Rush and and Season. I got to get them both. It, I, it's a it's a deal, whichever one it is. Uh, twenty nine dollars. This uh, this Xbox showcase, and I thought it was good. I thought it was pretty good, top to bottom. Some things I thought were cool. Some mm-hmm. things I couldn't care about. This came up, and I was like, for the first time in a long time, I was like. I kind of wish I had an Xbox right now. As, mm-hmm. as that, as, that doesn't happen very often for me. But this one is like, I don't want to play this on my computer downstairs in my office. I want to do this in the living room because, like you said, my kid would eat this up. It looks so much fun. It looks exactly what I want Xbox to do. Something different. It's not a sci-fi shooter. It's not like a like a Bethesda RPG kind of game. Like It's just fun, lean slick as hell uh and personality just bursting from every uh from every orifice i love the look of this game if Aha! tony if tony uh mails you his steam deck you can play downstairs on the big tv with 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 your son so yeah. if tony if tony was as good of a friend to you as he claims he is he would do that for you i'm gonna play this game i am i'm gonna find time to play this game this year because it looks you're gonna, like get, it you're gonna get it on pc it is you don't have I an probably- xbox right well, I I have the older Xbox, the so technically the, it would work. The One X. Can I play yeah, this on the work. One X? Is it One X? I put it on. It the, has to be. The isn't isn't the whole con- isn't isn't Xbox's whole conceit that everything plays from the from the One series forward? The uh, I don't know X, anymore. I'm not sure. I guess Cer- I couldn't tell. Certain you. games may not. I know it is Steam Deck. It, doesn't ha- it has cloud. Well, it has cloud yes, compatibility. So exactly. if you can't play it natively, you would play it. You would stream it through XCloud. And this would be a good test for cloud to see what the latency is like. You are mm. able to uh, adjust the latency, like it brings up, just like in like Guitar Hero or Rock Band, where it's like hit the button on the time so your TV mm. can calibrate with your controller. Mm-hmm. I did that, and I I may have messed it up. I think a little bit, so I'm gonna go switch it back to default because it feels very natural now. But I have a feeling that tweaking it wasn't a good idea. It, it's Steam Deck verified. It's accessible to everyone because if you want to play it on cloud, then you can go ahead and do that. It is on a number of Xbox systems and the PC requirements are very low. It has a that cartoony like a uh, comic book art style and I don't think it's going to take too much to to run the game necessarily. And it is segmented where you have like the little areas. There's like background vistas uh, with a lot of like moving parts, but mostly it's uh, I think it's going to be pretty tame graphically. So uh, play on it looks great. PC if you want to, but it is it is a joy to play. I, I wrote down in my notes that I had a smile on my face like mm-hmm. while playing and usually there'll be an aspect to the game that it's like, okay, let me get through this so I can get back to the good stuff. And I think I was very excited that if it was like the short cutscene or the short dialogue or looking at the world for a second or the combat and the writing was like funny, like it's almost like a Borderlands type humor, but in a, in a non played out way. 
in, a, in an actual good like fun way now and it, it was just it's funny the animations like are whimsical and just like light and it, it's great it only takes about nine to twelve hours to beat there are collectibles to find and i could i could totally see trying to go through the game and unlock and do a new game plus which i'm not sure if there is and having more of an expanded arsenal because it's just so fun to play in the moment to moment in in the combat i i want to get better at the game the payoff's just too good that is Hi-Fi Rush, and it's the big win for Xbox right out of the gate for 2023. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a few other games, uh, one of which I've I've had a code for for a while, and I've been trying to get into it. And this is a game that is universally regarded as one of the best of all time. And I want to talk to you guys about it because I know you both have played it and you both love it. And I'm just, I'm struggling to get into it and that is the witcher 3 i got a code for the the new gen version of the witcher 3 i've put probably four hours into this game and i can recognize how great it is but i'm having a hard time wanting to go back to it and i don't know if it's because it, it is an older game when did it, when did this game come out you guys heard the experts on the witcher 3 it was it, 17 18 okay this game, it still feels gaming. Gaming goes forward in leaps and bounds these days. And so while this doesn't, this game doesn't feel old, it definitely feels older in the way that the mechanics are set up and 2015, the animations, things like that, the battle system. Uh, I think it's a combination of this is clearly like a PC game. There are an absolute fuck ton of options. Um, from top to bottom in this game that kind of overwhelm me and they permeate into the experience a lot of times a game like this you can kind of avoid doing some of the refinement and the skill tree stuff and there, there are things on the periphery that you can avoid but everything about this game is so infused with choice that for someone like me who has less time to jump in uh, I find myself struggling to just know how to play the game. Uh, one of the big gameplay hooks in The Witcher is uh, he has all of these spells that he can cast, and he has two different weapons, one of which he can use on mortal creatures and one of which he can use on uh, supernatural beasts, I guess. And they're both, they're both activated by different buttons. And between not knowing what the spells are because they're named things that are not like fire, and cure they're 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 like glyphs right so it's like mm -hmm. i'm gonna use this thing i don't know what the fuck it does because the game told me like three hours ago and i don't remember and then like which sword do i use for this merman i don't fucking know <laughs> so i'm just gonna grab one and hope that it works um i i'm enjoying the game as i play it but i'm not feeling the draw to go back and i don't know if this game just opens up later or if this game is just not hooking me in the way that it has hooked the two of you. The last thing I did in the game was to defeat the, the Griffin. Yep. Um, which was a really cool fight, but I just, there hasn't been anything about this game that has compelled me to come back. Am I missing something or is this just 
not my jam. Can you guys enlighten me a little bit? Yeah. So I think it's a combination of a couple things. One, I think it may not be your jam the same way you told me that uh, I might enjoy Kenna, but it wouldn't like stick with me. And we'll get to that in a, in a bit. Um, but I want to I want to demystify the the sword confusion. The game knows what you're going, what you are attacking. Like if it's just if it's just a single if it's just a mob of just humans, for example, and you just start attacking, he will draw the uh, the appropriate sword, which in this case would just be the steel sword for for humans, and then the silver sword for anything that's non-human, uh, and that's that's what. But so that's I don't actually have to worry about equipping the you right. You don't have to. It okay. will automatically when you go. I'm there's a bunch of guards, and I'm going to kick their ass. Go attack them. Garrett will pull the steel sword and just go to town. Okay. As far as the spells, one is called Igni, and maybe it's just because I've played the game for it forever. That super sounds like a fiery term to me. That's just me. Ignite. Uh, yeah, Igni, Ignite, fire. All right. Uh, but um, depending on your play style, um, so Garrett has, like, an, like all RPGs, he has skill trees, right? And you can get into And they're not, admittedly, they're not the most user-friendly it is it is some of the updates have made it cleaner and easier to understand but it's not the most intuitive talent system um but you can decide i want my version of Geralt to not really care that much about his signs or his magic ability i really want to focus on his sword play i want him to be a master swordsman or swordsmith swordsman whatever and so you so as you as you progress and as you level up you go into the talent tree and you you put in those points into, I want his steel sword to do more, you know, have higher crit chance or have a chance to cause bleeding damage or just hit harder or extend this automatic combo instead of me, you know, um, and you can do that for both swords, steel and, uh, and uh, silver, which again, convoluted because you have to level them up separately, but it is what it is. Um, and then you can choose to not put any points in the magic. And if you're playing on normal or even the easy difficulty which if you're just playing the game to play and experience it put it on easy because yeah, that's I, i'm no i'm definitely there <laughs> so play it on easy and then and then the things like alchemy and and the the sign usage is is trivial almost it's not really even needed uh there are there are some exceptions there are certain monsters where you in order to do damage uh to wraiths and specters specifically you have to use a particular sign you have to use I'm not gonna think of the name of it right now. It's like but a in order ward; to, it freezes them. Yeah, and, but in order to bring them into like the mortal plane, you have to drop this this glyph basically on on the ground. So when they cross it, you can now attack them. If they, and if they if you don't, you can't hit them. They're ethereal, and you just swing right through them. Um, but those are few and far between. And otherwise, you can just choose to not do anything, or you just pick the spell that you like the most. Um, like there are two that are really beneficial. Uh, one is, and again, I can't remember the name. Oh, Ard which is a blast, right? So it's just, you can use it offensively as a just get away from me if you're being surrounded. And then the other one is like a, a shield, like a one hit shield, which you can level that up if you want to so it can take more damage and, and you can have it like explode when it, when it runs out. And you can just decide, listen, I'm only going to use these two as this defensive ability and I'm going to focus all my, my talent and leveling up on the sword play because that's what I want to focus on. I don't really care about the magic. I don't care about the alchemy. I don't want to care about potions because, again, on the lower difficulties, the 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 conceit behind a Witcher is that he is he trains to know how to take down 
these various um, unearthly creatures, right? And so witchers in, in the lore, in the grand scheme of the world, they will meditate and they will do all this prep work, right? They don't just go and find uh, the, the big bad thing in the, in the, in the nowhere. No, they've, they've taken a contract to go hunt this thing. So in, like, in the story, in the world, he would meditate and he would take these supplements and whatever else to prepare for that specific fight. So he can, let's say you're fighting something that a werewolf that's only out at night where he would take the proper things to increase his eyesight. So you could see perfectly at night and it would increase like his adrenaline. So he's quicker so he can dodge, you know, this fast attacking uh, enemy. But if you're playing on lower difficulty, all that stuff is basically trivial because you just crank up your sword damage and just hack and slash till they're gone. The hook to the game for me, and I've played the first one tons of times i've played witcher 2 a bunch of times for me what hooked me is the story you're three hours in you've killed the griffin you are barely at the intro right okay. and i'm not going to say this is anything like final fantasy like 13 where you have to play like 25 hours to get to like the intro title screen or anything like that <laughs> but it does there is it's a 50 hour rpg there's if you just kind of man there's more meat yeah to if, that you, if you yeah. mainline the story it's about a 50 hour ish rpg double that if you do other side content which is great and some of the side quests are some of the best quests in the game, as is the case with lots of RPGs. Um, I implore you to play through. It will naturally guide you to a quest known as the Baron. Oh, okay? man. Stop. And I won't say anything more than that, but I implore you to play until you get to this story. And it is a side quest. It's, it starts off as you have to do it, and then there's a point where you can continue on with this side quest and you can finish it, or you can take the breadcrumbs and go, go on with the main quest. I implore you, Get to the Baron quest line and play that quest line through its entirety. If that quest line does not make you want to play more of the game, nothing else in the game will. I will tell you that factually. If you get yeah. to this quest line and you don't feel compelled to play more after the Baron's storyline, there's I think the game is fantastic. The 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 the, the overarching part plot is amazing. I think two has a better story personally, but um if that doesn't grab you by the time you get to that i don't know that anything else in the game will because that is the best quest line in any modern rpg i can think of and, and yeah. i mean that to this day game of the 2015 i there are, and i've played it a few times because as with uh, as with the the previous witcher games there are branching story paths and the things that you do will drastically affect characters that you meet and plot points that you will experience throughout uh, along the way i've played the game a handful of times i've gotten drastically different playthroughs and drastically different endings and even within those sub quests or those those um side quests this quest line alone right the baron side quest there's a there's a handful of different endings a few of them have been absolute gut punches and and others you know less less so play this game to at least that point at least give it that you've if you're at the griffin part you may be two hours or so away depending on how if you mainline to it you're about two hours or so away from from starting that quest line play through it yeah i definitely get you nothing else will and then it just may not be your game and that's fine if it's not your game it's, well, it's not for everybody i think there's some, i think there's something interesting in the way that i approach games today and as i'm playing the witcher 3 i see how good of a game it is but I think at my age and at my free time level, 
like I'm naturally drawn to games that kind of hold my hand a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like goods. this is def- yeah. this is definitely a game that wants you to invest. And there's a part of me that second guesses jumping into games like that where it's just like do I have it in me to commit to this game? And I've never heard a bad thing about The Witcher 3. And as I'm playing it, I can't fault anything in the game other than it's it's hard for me to to instantly click with it. So like I will continue to play this game, but yeah, I definitely wanted to have this conversation of does it unravel more or do I just need to decide is this is does this game have a place in my docket? Um I, so I, mean, I, I, I definitely will continue with it. I Let me give you two real quick, I'm sorry, two points of uh, advice as well. Um there are two options that I think you should you should turn on if they're not. One is you should and this is this came with the enhanced edition. Um, turn off all the map icons. Turn off yep. all the like Done. the points of, <laughs> and all that shit off. Don't mm-hmm. don't worry. Don't clutter your map with all these points of interest if you just want to play the story. Because yes, yeah, side content's great, but it's just it's cluttered. And I have one type of brain where if I see it, I have to go do it, and then it's just it bloats this already large game to unwieldy proportions. The other thing is turn on the. There's an option where you can turn on like. Um, like the like it'll it'll pinpoint on the map exactly where you need to go to find the next whatever quest you're tracking, so that you don't. Exploration is definitely amazing, and you you will run into things naturally if you just kind of get an idea. But there's an option you can turn on where on the mini map it'll just it'll put dots and it'll tell you go. This is where your next quest is. Follow this path and you'll and okay. you'll get there, and that'll help with at least kind of streamlining and guiding you along the path because it's it's the the antithesis of a of a of a a linear game right it is it is open world to the nth degree so if you want to try to especially with limited game time and and you know whatever and this will that will help you kind of guide you through the through the game um so i suggest doing those two things kill the map all that bullshit and then put on the guided uh quest tracker basically I, I, played, I played Witcher 3 at the start and then I bounced out and then I played the Wild Hunt when after the DLC came they had this packed in DLC like basically game of the year uh, edition and then tried it then and then I played it again after a time and bounced off again and now it's available on Steam Deck playable there and with the upgraded patch and it looking so good on console and pc i was like okay i'll play it on there when i can but because it's cross progression cross save i can pick up and play on the steam deck and that's been instrumental for me to get into it this time because adam just like you discovered it is a game where you kind of have to devote your time and really get into the world it does an amazing job at world building and it has wars going on and and political stuff and all this, all this, uh, like a persistent world where your choices matter and there's, everything's connected. It's definitely a fully realized world. The side quests, you know, are very interesting and pay off. And there's this, you know, human element mixed with the brutality of surviving in a war torn place, but also filled with dangerous creatures. And how do you survive in that type of place? And it, it all pulls you in. And, and if it wasn't for the Steam Deck, I probably would have bounced out yet again, even though the game looks beautiful um, because it's really helping me devote the time that's needed uh, to get into it. The combat 
was always a sticking point for me too. It is not intuitive. They tried to update it in a way that added a control scheme that supposedly makes it a little more smooth. But even then, I, I maybe it is the PC thing like you mentioned. But the combat is great. It's fun. You're lopping off heads and bodies are exploding and you're, you know, it, the animations are fantastic, but it's not intuitive. So I agree with everything that you guys are saying. It has me now because I have devoted the time for it and the story is actually really what pulls me along and finding that next super interesting side quest the combat still hasn't clicked with me <laughs> and it's it's fun but it's just not one of the best um it's a little bit yeah a little bit too clunky but it's an amazing game there's a reason why they've stuck with it it's supposed to be like a saving grace for you know the, the cd project red and getting some good graces back in because they're like look remember this game it was fantastic <laughs> and they really need to kind of build that up so yeah I would say step into it. They sell it for super cheap all the time on the storefronts, on PC. You, sometimes you can get it for a few bucks. So I, I would try it if you're at all interested. It's worth it if you're like a fantasy nerd and really want to get into like an RPG that's super detailed and look at the stats of your weapons and customize your character and all that stuff. So it's a good time. Birdo, you've been playing a little bit of everything. You want to step, kind of step through some place. of these games? Uh, yeah, we'll touch on them real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on them. Uh, so last month, I gave my big public apology to, about to Fortnite, to Epic Games. Uh, I, for years, right, bashed this. I talked about this uh, last night with Evan on, on Checkpoint. So this would be kind of rehashed. Uh, I guess the conversation on Checkpoint would be rehashed. Um, I I did a 180 on this game, man. I uh I, it's close, dude. It's so close. And, so and close. tomorrow, you love it. speaking of the Witcher, speaking of the Witcher, yep. tomorrow, tomorrow, Geralt quest line opens up and, oh, you know, your boy is getting himself some Geralt. So, uh, I still, do, I don't like playing this game. I don't like playing the build mode, right? I, I, it's not for me. What did it for me was no build mode. Um, absolutely. No build mode changed the, the game in, in entirely. And I still maintain that. And I, Adam, when I, when I play with you and, 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 and Elliot, Elliot does the build mode. It's what you guys do. And you watch me play with you guys. I don't build a staircase. Not a mm -hmm. fucking thing. But if <laughs> Elliot wants to go build the Taj Mahal, I'll open the door, get inside, and take cover. It's, of course I'm going to. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an idiot. But I don't want to build anything. I have no desire to. It turns into a game of who's got faster like building skills. It's not yeah. a shooter at that point for yeah, me. Yeah. No build mode. Changed the name of the game. And what I appreciate that Epic did with this is they didn't make it a side thing that also exists. No, it is the full suite and breadth of Fortnite sans building. They didn't limit it to, oh, it's only available in in a full in, in squads and in, in four man teams. It's only available in duos. No, it's you want to play by yourself, play by yourself. One play two, three, four. It's it's everything. And nothing is stripped out. There's no, it's the game just without all the building mechanics. So it becomes more of a a, 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 a shooting based skill game right which i can get i can get down with i like playing or i used to like playing call of duties and all those things and none of those have building so you strip all that out all, all the crap that i can't stand right resource gathering and i, I don't want to do all that i just want to i want to play as kratos as doom guy as Luth, as as uh luke and and vader and gohan and fucking you know whatever else in my in this big toy box Right with all of my child Ninja Turtles, I think maybe I don't know if they exist yet. They should, 
Um, sure and, they and do. Just put, them, <laughs> if they... put them all put put them all in there, and then just go have a good time just in a, in a shooting game. And so I've been playing this. I and then not only did I start playing it, I got the battle pass. And then uh -oh. not only did I get the uh -oh, battle he's, pass, he's hooked. I've maxed it out. I'm level 100. I'm like 101 now, right? So I've maxed out the battle pass. So I've got all this. I've done all this stuff. I've got these cool emotes. I've got this awesome Metallica emote that's like a group emote, and you can fucking four people can jam out to Master of Puppets, and it's awesome. Uh, so I am playing this game. Not I don't play it daily, but I play it weekly for sure. You know, every couple of days I'll, I'll log on. I'll do a couple of daily quests or some of the weekly quests. To, Look to at level him. Up He's doing the quests and everything. I have, a, I have a question I'm, about I'm, this. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, so, and you guys would know more than me because I've been playing it a lot more as well. I just bought a that the Dead Space skin, and yeah, it's it's got me, and it's it, it hasn't the gameplay has had improvements over time. They rotate out, you know, the weapon changes and the pickups and the weapons. Everything's always fresh. There's a mode where you can play, you know, like you said, in squads or duos etc there's a no build mode that you could go into great love it too there's this mode now <clears throat> well they have built in um tournaments so they have this mm -hmm. whole screen where it's like okay this is starting at this time at this day if you want to go into the built-in tournament mode for the competitive aspect which is great for those people i think it's a great feature to have period um but then there's another mode where now it looks like it looks like youtube and there's all these thumbnails and each thumbnail is a custom game type and and at first i was like what is this and then i realized they made a youtube dashboard like a Basically. playlist where it's mm -hmm. like all the thumbnails look like that all the most popular videos on youtube have crap thumbnails and they all look different some are like rainbow this and a big like face or whatever it's just a wild experience so they replicate that for kids and it has all these wild custom game modes which was never really a big part of it for me. And they've now really leaned into that and created this whole homepage dashboard for that. Um, those thumbnails and those game modes, is that all Epic Games no. created those no, things? No, no those it's are the exact people opposite. making that? It is all, it's all wow. creator content. And I don't know what tool, I don't know if they, I don't know if it's built in Fortnite, or if it's a separate third, like separate extension that's available for Fortnite, but all of those maps are all creator con uh creator generated content they build the maps they put what they want where they and the build thumbnails? whatever i don't i, I again they i don't have i to. haven't done it they, they have, have to have a yeah. palette to they have to have a, a palette selection so it's somewhat looks it's all that it's that when they follow the youtube them. it's that or they follow the youtube thing where you build it and then you you have to play test anything that you put out wow and, and it could and it could be as simple as uh fortnite does a thing that what youtube does but if you don't create a thumbnail it just finds a screen a screen snap of the gameplay of the video and just concept. makes it yeah it's it's fantastic I've, I've played a couple of them i don't like them that's not they're that's not kids, what i'm there I for I they are they're, they're yeah like elliot games. elliot will jump in he's yeah. got a couple of favorites but i've yeah. never yeah. i did dirt no, bikes I, as master chief running around this track that had like hazards and stuff and i could see like i'm like if i was you know six or whatever i'm like this would have been the shit right it's like you just fuck around with a custom game but i just thought it was an interesting element of the game that they really leaned into it must have been like two seasons ago and i didn't notice it or whatever it was but it's been a while yeah it's been a while yeah. they're doing epic they they did a thing where they've they've made their game that i mean it's huge i think it's still the biggest game in the world but with stuff like that with with these massive cr these creator things and and that you know that youtube it, 
they're making their game very much an evergreen product. Absolutely. Because like, if they, because if, if for some reason Epic decided they were going to, and this thing prints money, but let's say five years from now, six years from now, whatever, they want to move on and do a new thing and reduce the overall support, right? They can do that and still have all this creator generated content. And now their game is just, it's just evergreen because even if they don't make a new map for, you know, in a couple of years, they just stop. Great. We have the we have one of the world's largest gaming communities of people making maps for us for free, and people play them. And I you mean, know the 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 master the masterful uh, rollout of Fortnite is the fact that it is constantly changing. It yep. is mm-hmm. constantly, but not too evolving. much. Not, not too, too much, much where it's not the same game. Yep, it's a battle royale. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. now you can slide. Now yep. you can dash. Uh, now you can vault up walls. There's now balloons we've got that give you the ability bikes. to now jump we, in yeah. the air and like they, all they sorts just, of things. They just sprinkle enough in every season where it's like, oh my god, this is like brand new. Oh, do you want um, a lightsaber sword? Can you want to do a kamehameha as a move? It's like yeah. all Stop. this crazy Pause. stuff. Do you hear people calling this thing the the? I've heard kamehameha mispronounced and butchered. On fucking TikTok for people who don't play Dragon Ball, and it drives me. Kamiyamiya. How, how is that hard? What the they fuck say is a Kamiyamiya? They what say the it in a, Dragon Ball. It's like a meme. They, I've oh, heard this word, yeah. and I've, I've, I have raged at my phone, and I want to reach through my phone. <laughs> and, and Ghost Dad, there's a throwback. Ghost Dad murder and strangle somebody through my phone when I when I see these TikToks, people calling it this this word, this uh, this butchering of, of the the ability uh so yeah so playing a lot of Fortnite. Uh, well, I and then, quick, what's gonna happen when yeah. they run out of characters because that's one of the draws for they don't. how do you run out, run out of characters well, look at never there's culture exists there's yeah how, how do you run out they, they fucking put through, robocop in i mean there's i know a, they have but <laughs> name something that's not in there is my point well here's the thing they don't only throw in um pop culture icons yes, and, there's and, there's the gaming legends just, series we're not even there i'm talking about just like Right, and then just their own skins, which are fantastic. Celebrities, sports. But, but yeah. what happens when they run out of pop? How? Pop? You can. You can run out of pop. How? Because name something that's not in there. King Arthur. Uh, King, King Arthur is pop culture. <laughs> All right, fine. No, but you're saying, but you're saying, how do they run out of things? They don't. Pick a thing and throw it in there. There's I know, literally I'm no saying, Nintendo content in there. Boy, uh, once got, they open uh, that ooh, fucking once door. They, will, once they make that deal, exactly. They'll, they'll pay, eventually, they'll pay enough money where even yeah. Nintendo execs can't say no. Yeah. Okay, I can. Um, so Fortnite, and then the only other thing I'm really playing, I, I'm, I'm replaying Final Fantasy VII Remake again, right? We, we talked about this last month. I, I beat Crisis Core. I had already played Seven Remake before, but I'm playing that again now with the context of the original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm really pulling apart the changes and differences. I'm still early on. Um, <laughs> I'm like six or seven hours in. I don't think I've really done. I haven't done much. Uh, I just finished the 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 Jesse. Is not Jesse. Is her name Jesse? Yep. Yeah. The Jesse side quest where you go and you steal the the thing from the power plant or whatever the the blasting agent. So I, I'm still really really early on in the remake again. But I'm I'm enjoying it. And again, picking up on details that I that I certainly missed. The first time uh, or thought was just canon and realized like the flying ghosty thingies i remember playing uh, I've, already, <laughs> I've already played remake but i've already forgotten <laughs> their whole deal and what they are and why they are 
um but i i kind of see similarities to origin i don't know if if it's, it is what i think it is uh, i'll i'll remember as i play through and then i went way back in my gaming catalog and picked up my my ds and because I, I've, I've been doing all these jrpgs right played final fantasy 7 the original played crisis core which is just a reskin version of the psp original um and playing final fantasy 7 and i'm like i'm in this jrpg kick Let's go back a couple, uh, another decade or so, and I'm playing Dragon Quest VIII, which is amazing. I'm playing on the DS. Uh, I think it's only available. I don't think it was released on. No, it was released on PS2, I think. Um, but I'm playing Dragon Quest VIII, and that is what I'm playing the most of, more than anything else. I'm like 20 some odd hours into this game uh, again, uh, and I will like charge my DS every night. I'll lay in bed or Wild. on the couch. It's That's awesome. Lay, and I'm just playing, playing through this game again. You're living and, the best uh, life, Brutal. Man, let me tell you something. This game is amazing. It is. It is a. It is a perfect. It is, Dragon Quest VIII is a perfect RPG. It is a perfect handheld game. It is perfect combat. And the combat. It has a thing now where you can just increase like the combat animations. Because I don't. I don't care about. I don't need to see him charge up his thing and do the attack. I just want to. I pick the attacks. Uh, Dragon Quest VIII has the ability where you can set your team to either follow your instructions or you can automate. Listen, play defensively. Play offensively you know play a support ish role if you want to build your character that way i don't like that i want to control everything so i just set them all to follow orders and i just i have my preferred party i have my preferred play style everybody does, everybody has a particular job yangus is my tank right that's his whole point he's my tank um and then uh i've got uh jessica's my spellcaster and i've got i can't remember the guy i just picked him up He's he's my ranged attacker. I put a bow on him. He's supposed to have a rapier. I'm like, nope, you're gonna have a bow. I want you to be a ranged guy, uh, and then you know your player character is just your main you know damage dealer, or whatever. And uh, no, I'm just I'm I'm enjoying it. Story's great. I love the voice acting of this game. I love that it's fully voice acted. It's just it's a perfect perfect RPG, and I'm just having the best time with it. I love it. Dragon Quest Eight is I, and it just makes me it just makes between playing this and remake again and Crisis Core. I am so goddamn stoked for the next, for, for Final Fantasy 16, for Dragon Quest 12. I hope it's which good. Won't, which, we won't, which we won't see for years, right? They teased it at the big Square event last year or whatever it was. They and teased that? Game's, that? No, no, they didn't. Yes. Yes, wow. they did. It's been, a, it's been a while, yeah. It's been a couple, it's been maybe two years now, but they we have the logo and the title and everything. It's a, it's a more mature Dragon Quest game based off of that, that whole video that they dropped. Um, but that's, we're not gonna, we're not gonna see that for years because that's I, I presumably it's either the same team or a sub team that's doing Final Fantasy six, uh, sixteen, right, sixteen, and that's you know this year hopefully. You should go live but in just, Japan. It, it just makes me so like oh my god I'm so ready for for the next playing Dragon Quest eight reminds me of what RPG JRPGs. Are, right or were in the in, in that in that in that timeline and then playing remake final fantasy 7 remake is like that evolution of okay well this is what jrpgs can be in R, right final fantasy 7 remake and whatever whatever part two is going to be and presumably what final fantasy 16 is going to be that evolution of this genre that i grew up loving but i, I didn't like i didn't play seven right we talked about that but i've played i played other jrpgs i just didn't play the big ones um and then so to have remake part two be coming out to have 16 be coming out to have dragon quest uh 12 on the horizon in, in a couple of years i'm just so excited to see what the evolution of of this genre that i that i love what what that evolution 
is currently what we see it now with remake and part two and whatnot and how that's just going to continue i wasn't a fan of, of final fantasy 15 so i, I played it for like and like three or four hours and i didn't like it seven isn't that right seven remake isn't isn't that it's 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 similar but it's different and i'm just i'm fucking stoked to play 16 i'm, I'm stoked for the next uh whatchamacallit dragon quest game and yeah, so that's that's what I'm doing. Nothing. I don't play modern games. Apparently, I'm going to play now <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush, and I'm going to play Season. But the next, I mean, the next new game I, I want to play is Hogwarts. And by the way, for anybody who tells me otherwise, playing Hogwarts Le Legacy doesn't make me a transphobe. Doesn't make me support you know, or not support trans rights. It's a Harry Potter game. I'm a Harry Potter fan. I'm going to play it. I'm going to talk about it on stream. I'm going to talk about it on Discord. I'm going to talk about it on Twitter. That's All what right. I'm playing. We're going to take a break. We're going to get back with the headlines in just a moment. Have you heard the news? The Megadads have turned the month of February into subuary at youtube.com slash megadads. What does that mean? It means we're pulling out all the stops so we can drive to our goal of 500 subscribers with new videos every single day, the return of the Megadads stream team, our first Megadads house party, and so much more. Subscribe now and help us reach our goal and enjoy the onslaught of content in subuary. Only at youtube.com slash megadads. It's time for Discord Leaderboard. At the Megadads Discord, we have a bot that tracks each member's posts. And every month, I use that information to determine our most active members. For this month, those members are... In third place, Brian S. In second place, N. Johnson, 5513. And in first place, for talking about how much he loves his job, Wookie. And our most active Megadads team member, probably because he keeps talking about how much he loves Fortnite, Birdo. All post counts have been reset, so get out there, get chatting, and maybe next month you can be on the Discord leaderboard. Welcome back to Megadads Live! Big thanks to our Plus members who help us keep the lights on here at Megadads HQ. If you would like to support what we do at Megadads, go to patreon.com slash megadads and you can sign up for as little as $1 a month. We $1, have exclusive, guys. exclusive content every week. I'm trying to do something a little bit special for everybody who's a Megadads Plus member. So we got like a five-minute mini podcast available on Patreon, so... Check that out. I try to make it a fun time. Short and sweet. And butt massages. And now it's time for the headlines. Every month we collect a story that we bring to the team to discuss something interesting in the world of video games. I want to go to Antonio's story first um, because I think it's the most relevant and I think it's, uh, it's a doozy. So... Antonio, take the wheel, please. Congratulations, everyone. 2023 is here, and we all had high expectations for it, right? We're like, how's it going to go? Is this going to be finally the time where we get a lot of amazing games that we've been waiting for for quite a long time? COVID really helped everything because everyone was inside picking up gaming, and it's been better than ever, right? Yes. Yeah, COVID was great. <laughs> Fucking loved it. It turns out that even gaming in the tech sector is struggling now, and it's not COVID or recession proof. That so, bubble popped like a Chinese spy balloon. 
we are seeing a brand new era in games. So as part of our headline segment, I have some rapid fire news blurbs. Here's how January has gone so far. Microsoft announced 10,000 layoffs on January 18th. Some were from 343, who make Halo Infinite, which is severely struggling. And some were actually touched Bethesda Game Studios, so the maker of upcoming Starfield. So tech industry all over the place cutting from Amazon to Meta. Meta VR is tanking. League of Legends developer Riot Games, owned by Tencent, has laid off dozens in publishing, recruiting, and esports. Unity Software, that's the gaming engine company, is letting go 284 employees in January. The Coalition, who makes Gears of War, has canceled two projects. They're still going to go back and make Gears of War 6. Crossfire X, the dog shit fire, bag of (laughs) bag shit fire shooter, is ending effective immediately. Game sales are canceled. EA has a disappointing financial outlook, and they made a number of changes, including canceling an Apex Legends single-player project as well as the Apex mobile game. Uh, The Knockout City, which was Velen Studios, that's an EA original. The Knockout City is a dodgeball game, which I loved and a lot of people love. They're shutting down just a little over two years after release. Adam, do you remember Back for Blood? Do you remember the Left for Dead spiritual successor? Yeah, I just bought it like two months ago. Good job. Turtle Rock Studios has announced on this website they've ended development for Back for Blood. They're moving on to another game, um, something that they haven't announced yet. Epic Epic Games and Iron Galaxy have confirmed that Rumbleverse, that was the Battle Royale with a mix of uh, wrestling and and melee combat is shutting down, offering refunds to anyone who made in-game purchases. That's happening in February, end of February. EA that one has, was really quick. Flash it, in the pan for that. That's the that's a trend. EA Arts has said that they've ceased development on Battlefield Mobile for Android and iOS. Well, of course, Battlefield itself has suffered greatly. To, um, the last Battlefield game couldn't keep up with even Call of Duty. Ubisoft announced in an emergency meeting with investors that the company will be cutting $215 million in costs over the next two years. Now, they cut, they've canceled three unannounced games, but somehow Ubisoft is keeping Skull and Bones alive. Jeez, and they've delayed it. Game. They've delayed it for the sixth time. It broke this last week that EA, or sorry, E3 may not have Sony, Nintendo, or Microsoft presence. They're, that's a little bit conflicted. They're saying that it's you know not set in stone, but it, E3 might not have the same luster as it has before. And I even forgot, I left, I left off some news blurbs here, but basically what we're seeing is a trend where if you're not a big boy AAA live service game that's making the big bucks like a Fortnite or something that has a very successful monetization and battle pass companies are cutting ties and they're saying we can't do this we're gonna put out as many of these chances that we can to make the big bucks but if you don't make it within your first year or, or two max you're done and then they just shut everything down so I have a question for you all is the gaming industry healthy? Could could all of these things shutting down, maybe people will stop making these gambles on the live service 
battle pass style monetization games and we'll go back to single player maybe or are we just doomed to having all these games come and die very quickly because the data is suggesting that most people play one game or just a few games and spend all their time on it sometimes it's Fortnite, and whereas before back in the day you'd play 20 games a year now people are playing much fewer and they're investing their lives in a game that they could just keep keep churning out content for and keep keep getting the new thing and keep paying more money so what do you all think about the state of gaming are we in a good but place? i think the interesting thing about that is a lot of these games that are getting shelved are those hey we're gonna let this thing live forever games right mm, like yeah a knockout city um rumbleverse i don't think ever really caught fire but like i i think this was I think this was inevitable for a couple of different reasons. I mean, I, I I was on the PlayStation Store. They they just have a sale right now. It's like editors pick store or whatever. Uh, so I was on the I was on the store the other day, and I'm looking through all these games, and I'm like, there are so many games, and so many new games are on this sale for like fifty percent off that just came out less than a year ago, yep. and. There, it's impossible. It's impossible to keep pace with the amount of things that you want to play because the market is absolutely flooded, 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 flooded. I don't know how anybody makes any fucking money in this industry because, I mean, look at look at this month. We had uh, you know Dead Space and uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I mean, there's just it's fucking uh, late January. Right, this is not busy time for games, but it was just an absolute dump of new releases, and nobody's going to be talking about these games in another month because there's going to be another dump. You have to scale back, and not only do you have to scale back, like, I mean, the amount of money that is being invested into the development of these games is just unsustainable for the return that these companies must be seeing because nothing stays in the ether for more than like four weeks mm -hmm. it's so hard because when we were kids it's like you bought a game you had the time to devote to you know metal gear and you played it and it took you know quite a while but you really chewed on it it really took a long time to you know get through it and then you would move on and you would try something else and maybe you only got like, you know, four games a year, but it would take up all your time and you'd be able to, you know, sit there and do it. Now, everything's so demanding of your time. If you do get a battle pass, um, the, it could be rewarding and it could just be like filler, but you're encouraged to log in daily and get that, that mm -hmm. reward and then complete this pass. And then, oh, we have you know, Geralt coming out. So of course I got to go back and play and you feel this pull and they're do some of them. Some of the games are doing a good job of enticing you to come back. Halo infinite, which is having severe problems. It is a good game mechanically. I've been a halo fan my entire life. And you just wonder how you've boggled the, the franchise that was a, a crowning, a crowning tentpole of, Microsoft and Xbox and now you've messed it up so bad that even I don't want to go back I uh, the battle pass was uh, uneventful you know it didn't the progression system was 
very bad from the very beginning and there's nothing to bring me back. I would want to rank up and get my little number badge up so I would be, you know, in Slayer I was like rank 47 like silver or whatever it was from Halo 3 and they don't have that. And they messed that up so bad. I have no desire to go back. And I don't know if anyone noticed in this episode of Mega Dad's Live so far, you have a game that was so highly regarded like Norco that I was really trying to get just six hours into to complete. I got four hours in and there were so many other things pulling yeah. me away that even though I was like, all right, let me give this a chance in, in our culture of gaming now there's something there that's going to pull you away and the the chances of a mediocre thing that's it's good it's okay that it's it's such a crowded field like i you can't survive on mediocre anymore it has to be a part of the zeitgeist or things are hard to become part of the zeitgeist but you only play the stuff that's worth playing you know someone was saying recently like life's too short to play bad games or life's too short now to play good games you can be playing something amazing like at this time so it's just interesting brutal what do you think i think it's a combination of both of the things that you guys said um one there are now there are more games available at our fingertips than ever ever before and i don't mean like financially we can just buy whatever because we're adults we have expendable income i mean they're just physically there are more games to play and games released seemingly every week i mean i, I was just kind of as we were going through i was scrolling th i was scrolling through the like the release window what's coming out like this month and in, in february and there's like 30 games coming out this month and i have i want to play a good chunk of them yep. i'm only going to play one because it's, it's a it's a large game right hogwarts but there's so many games to play and like you mentioned with all these games coming out a game has to be in the zeitgeist, has to be talked about for it to, after the after that first week sales, after the first two week sales and those sales start tapering off, they don't taper off anymore. They drop dead unless the game goes on sale. And then, you know, the developer's not making money or as much money on it. And then Adam mentioned that the budget to make these games in the first place is inflating to unattainable degrees. A hundred million, two hundred million dollars for these for these AAA games, and then if they don't catch fire right away, there's no way for the studio to recoup recoup that money. And this is going to piss a lot of people off. We, I don't wanna, and I don't want to really get into like inflation or whatever. When the price hike to seventy dollars went at the start of this generation, not for nothing. That's actually not enough. We're still. I. I do I want? Do I want to pay more money for video games? No, I don't want to. But do I understand the inherent financial obligation that we should be paying more money for games than we are? A thousand. Yes, of course we should be. We're paying from from when I from the NES SNES era of, of games when you were paying sixty bucks, and at that time games weren't standardized price. You could pay a hundred dollars for you know Chrono Trigger when it was released. And that was set by the developer at the time. They, we didn't we didn't have standardized pricing. Look back at what your parents were paying for SNES and uh, Dreamcast games. They weren't necessarily standard, you know, fifty bucks, sixty bucks. And so we standardized, and we've had everybody. We paid sixty bucks, fifty nine ninety nine for video games. That's what the cost of video games are, and they and it stayed that way for a long time. All the while, budgets for these games went up and up and up, and inflation exists. And what we paid fifty dollars for, what we paid sixty dollars for in the in the nineties and the early aughts. You can't buy that same. Can you can you spend the same amount of money at the grocery store and get the same amount of groceries you got 10 years ago? No, not even close. Not even close. So now take that to these games where the where the budget is just skyrocketing and then they're bringing in 
you know top tier like voice actors and stuff like that and now you got to pay just the the budget for these games is inflating to a, an unwieldy degree and we got asked to pay an additional ten dollars this generation and yeah for some people that may may that might have that might break your, your bank and if so then gaming maybe isn't the hobby for you because gaming is not necessarily a cheap hobby unless you play free-to-play games and you only play one or two games a year you only buy one or two games a year and if that's the case okay sure then maybe the additional ten dollars is fine but if you're somebody who plays a lot of the game and I, and I and i try to and i know you guys play you know your fair share of games and maybe an additional ten dollars every single time you want to play a new game at full retail value is is going to make you think twice about which games you play so now we've got this thing where the games should probably cost more because development costs are so high and maybe they shouldn't be. Maybe they should reduce the cost of them, but they're not. Games are bigger and better because we're demanding, as gamers, we're demanding so much more out of, out of our video games. We want this game to really hook us and be this amazing thing, either the story or the gameplay or the whatever, a combination of the two, or it's this game like a Fortnite where it just lasts forever and you only pay what you want to, right? Battle Pass, stuff like that. Or you'd play nothing and just whatever. Well, they still have to make money. And you these games, these, these studios like Naughty Dog, who are going to release uncharted and last of us and whatever what do you think the budget for the next uncharted game is going to be or not yeah. the, next uncharted, the next the, the next naughty dog game is going to be oh, no. it's going to be 200 million dollars uh, and they're going to charge 70 dollars for it that's I, it they're going to charge 70 bucks but i and I you bring up what a point and I, they're and a I, studio who can charge 70 bucks they're going to get people to buy that game and it's going to be amazing and they're going to make their money back hand over fist but another company that maybe isn't a naughty dog is going to spend a similar amount of money also only charge 70 bucks and if they don't kill it then they're not going to get that return on investment and what happens so i have a theory so i i, I don't know I, I i think i think the layoffs are i don't say necessary i don't i don't like the idea of people losing their jobs obviously that sucks you don't want anybody in the industry to lose their job or anybody in any industry to, to lose their jobs but these these companies are 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 bloated beyond belief and i think it's just the market is speaking and i, uh, I have a, a theory. i don't know i think they need to be spending less uh money on development and they should be charging more and i think both of those things have to happen or we're just going to continue to see these layoffs and studio closures because how do they maintain i have a theory that the market's going to go in a different way because you brought up that the market is speaking. I think what's happening, honestly, is that the decision-making for what the game is going to be and what it has to offer, let's just take like a single-player game, you have this checklist where it's like, okay, we want this to be X amount of hours played. We want people to see a value and that they're going to have a lot to do. We saw an incredibly inflated series of assassin's creed games that were good but the map and the way markers and all these side quests got out of control and people didn't beat the game they didn't get very far they bounced out i think something like a hi-fi rush is the future of gaming that we really haven't seen given a full chance yet you could keep going the the big fish route where you do a uh, lifestyle game where you have people come back, you have modern monetization and microtransactions and skins. You could do that. I think what should happen is a scaled down experience. It only takes eight to 10 hours to beat and it's fantastic start to finish. 
and the price is something more in the $30 range. And I think that you, these executives or whoever's making the bad decision to make the game mandatory, bloated, and longer to beat, and more involved in all these side quests and all these collectibles to find, scale all of that back and give me something like a hi-fi rush, which is a very tight experience with amazing gameplay, sound, design, and and keep the pace moving for people like us adults who don't have the time who have some disposable income but who really aren't going to be able to invest long term in a game and spend our entire life on it i believe that we've seen some but we haven't seen others ubisoft if you notice have gone both routes they keep trying to go for the uh battle pass you know, Rumbleverse, or the, what was the shooter that they had? It was weird. One day, they didn't were, they have like a Rainbow Six style, they, like free-to-play they, game that so was going to come out? They had a, a Breakpoint, uh, or no, no. I can't even keep them they all They had straight. something. It was, it was, it had it was a some dumb name. It had a stupid name. And then they have Ghost Recon, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed that go into the single-player bloated route. Not only that, people know it's going to go on sale, so it doesn't ever sell for $60. You know, a lot of people pick it up two weeks later when they have a 20% price cut. So Ubisoft has a series of failures in particular because they keep going left and right. They don't find that balance of saying, here's a 10-hour experience that's tight, that's worth playing. And, and then if it does well, then make a sequel. And it'll take less time to develop because you have a lot of assets and you can do like an, another... Uh, not a spinoff, but a D- a strong DLC as a second game. I believe that that's the future and that that's what January has taught us, especially the Ubisoft news, that this model must die. Yeah, when Ubisoft a- in particular has painted themselves yeah. into a corner of being known for delivering games that are just gargantuan. It can't, and like, get it can't be, it's not sustainable for everyone. I think that we have to declare a winner in some of these spaces and let's all be honest fortnite has the seasonal constant update battle pass and it's a perpetual cycle because now they have the money to pay disney or whoever to have wolverine in there and they can keep investing and it's worth it for them it would be insane for them to right now stop development because they're making too much money and now the success feeds on the success so that's my theory well, speaking of an overabundance of things to play, my news story uh, is that the PlayStation VR 2 launch window has 30 games in it. Um, they came out with a blog post, as PlayStation tends to do, because marketing. Uh, and they dropped all of these games that are going to be in the release window between now and the end of March. Uh, games, of course, like Horizon, Call of the Mountain, after the fall, Beat Saber is coming in there. Uh, Before Your Eyes, which I am very excited about. That was a game that I talked very highly of last year. Cities VR, Resident Evil Village is getting a free up ga- uh, free upgrade. Crossfire, Sierra Squad, Demio, uh, Fantavision is getting a sequel. There are Ghostbusters. In there. There's so many games that are going to be on this thing. I'm going to be living in my VR headset. Um, we talked last month about <clears throat> the lack of support or what is that support going to look like in the long run. 
it certainly looks like going out of the gate. The titles are there. The marketing might not be in the right place because I still think that there are a lot of casual players who don't really know what this thing is, where it's coming from, and what's going to be available. Those of us in the hardcore market who have our finger on the pulse of the game industry, I look at this and I see a slate of games that I'm going to be playing from the get-go for months and months. Jurassic World is in there. Uh, there's this really awesome laugh all you want, but there's this really amazing looking kayak game in there that I'm going to live in this fucking Zen kayaking game for the rest of my life. Uh, I, I don't know. There, there is a part of me that absolutely agrees with what Antonio said last month about just like, who is this for between the price point and the marketing and just like, where is the messaging around this thing? But also like from a selfish perspective, there's so much good shit in here that I am just going to absolutely eat up like candy. Hot take. Uh, What's gotten you excited is getting me excited, right? Because you're talking about games being available and it painting a bright future for PSVR 2. So the rumor is, is that pre-sale was down, you know, like the interest may not be there for the product right now at this price point. But then there was some pushback saying everything's fine. So we'll see. But the what's getting you excited is games. And what's getting you excited from what you had just uh, talked about were games that were released. This thing made a huge blunder by not being backwards compatible and having more of the established VR titles ready to go. And now they're like, okay, what can we put on this? Oh, guess what? The good VR games. It's like, duh, like and somebody didn't listen. And I understand the advancement of the technology, which is a great thing. And some things may not work with the control inputs one-to-one -one in the shift. But you got to make it happen. You got to figure something out because that's what people needed to begin <laughs> with. Had they well, said it, PSVR 2, you're like, even if it's limited functionality of PSVR 1 games, but you'll be able to play some of them. You know, the whole thing, the it was not the right product line to not have backwards compatibility on such a niche product. It's the it exact same it. blunder that the PS5 had, where it was like, no, 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 it's 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 not all going to carry forward and automatically well, PS3 you know, free too. upgrade, except for Pistol Whip and Resident Evil 8 and No Man's Sky. Like, there's yep. for some reason there is a select amount of games where it works. It just works. Yeah, you own Pistol Whip. You can play it on PSVR 2. You own Resident Evil 8, you get the PSVR 2 version. Moss, book one and book two, sorry, you're going to have to buy that. Mm -hmm. Why? It makes no sense. Yes. Um, and that exactly. just, that is the constant stubbing of the toe that PlayStation does time and time and time again. If they, you think they, about it, it's not just PlayStation. You see us as gamers, the market segment, the perfect people they want to sell to these decisions are made in a bubble of business and somebody who worked at Boeing and blah, blah, blah. Now they're here and now they're making decisions on marketing and pricing and, and on product development. 
and it's just mind blowing. And and so many times you can see that in gaming, in particular, you have the wrong forces at play and the wrong yeah. people being trusted and making these decisions. And it's 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 mind blowing from a, our perspective because we're you know adults that that can see we pay attention ahead we- of time, right? So uh, if I, I was wondering recently why gaming had kind of fallen off a cliff after like the 360 area era PS2, there were way met, way more hits and, and games that were groundbreaking, interesting, a lot of advancements and things like that. And I feel like we've regressed kind of going into our other conversation. So I, I think this niche product in particular would have done well by more listening more to the end consumer and doing even better research and the business as- aspect of it isn't always the best thing. Uh, spending more marketing money on attending E3 doesn't necessarily make financial sense, but a healthy gaming convention where everyone comes together, I think is good overall. And we'll see how that all shakes out. But I think that the ever present need to make profit and thinking like this is the right business decision let's make sure that psvr2 we sell them new games you know let's make sure that they have all these exclusive stuff we'll sell them that too and it's, but it's like not even on, it's not even consistent like that's the weird part like if mm-hmm. they were if they just did that okay you, you take the bite of the shit sandwich and it is what it is the entirety of Gran Turismo 7 will be playable in PSVR 2. And we've just got uh, a bunch of preview coverage from outlets like IGN. And they're saying this enhances one of their big, big games in a big, big way. I hear it's totally great, Adam. free. I hear it's great. Tot- yeah, totally free. Get a racing wheel, um, Adam. Report back. But, 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 like, but why just that? Like, why that? And then just this one, and then just that. It's just, it doesn't make any you men- sense. You mentioned it earlier, no, uh, PlayStation is notorious for this kind of ham-fisted, half-assed kind of doublespeak where we're going to do this, right? At the beginning of the generation, uh, $10 upgrade from your PS4 to your PS5 version of whatever. Jim Ryan gets on stage and goes, yes, if you you have you buy a PS5, you get a PS4 you know, version of a game that's a, that's a PlayStation first-party studio exclusive, $10 upgrade. For everything and then you know fast forward x amount of months later and I, that that's not that's not true currently that's not true <laughs> right um and but he said it he said it and they they do this back and forth where they don't have seemingly at all a either a unified vision or unified right. like um uh delivery of of their like they just they they love double speak and kind of back walking things that they say oh well yeah we said this but we didn't we didn't mean what we said. Didn't I mean, mean yes, it. <laughs> yeah, it, yes, it was a, a a public, you know, it was a it was a conference that we had, and we invited you all to to, to watch, and we made all these announcements. But just because we made an announcement doesn't mean like we meant it. Well, just Jim, like we released Jim it. Ryan's a, a lying sack them. of shit. All right, he's a lying sack of shit, and Todd Howard's a lying sack of shit, and so many people. They're all lying sack of shits. There's Phil a Spencer, lot. Of- for as great as he is, is also he's a lying sack of shit. He is. I don't remember what he lied about recently, but having fucking games on the Xbox. That's kind of all right. I'm not gonna lie to you. They bought studios. 2022 is gonna be a great year. You know what he says at the end of every year? Hey, we kind of dropped the ball in 2022. 
<laughs> but 2023, we're going to do it. 2023, we got you this year. And you know what? A lot what? of promises. A yeah. lot of empty promises. And they, they're all guilty of doing it. A lot of promises. A lot of promises. It's I fear a little bit for the future because of what we're seeing. And I hope that they get some better market research and get some gamers in there and more people join the industry who are listened to by the executive level. And I think I think we'll find our soul again. But the, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. I'm going to sure? live, live in my kayak and I'm yeah. going to go VR in Resident Evil Village and you, look at Do you have lady. a racing wheel? I don't have a racing get wheel. Get one. I'm, get one. I hear I, Gran Turismo in VR is fantastic. That's the word. Just like you said, it sounds hot. So you need a racing wheel of force feedback and your butt to, to jiggle while you're hot. driving in VR. Oh, His butt jiggles already. Jiggle. He doesn't need it. It jiggles. Yeah, his, his All right, Birdo. Let's, let's close out the headline segment with your story here, which my, is personally uh, impactful to my life. Yeah, it's not nearly as expansive as, as both of yours, so th- I don't think this would take much time. But uh, I am watching The Last of Us on HBO. And mm. complimentary to that, there is the official the HBO's The Last of Us podcast companion app that comes <gasps> on afterwards. Really? Yes. And oh, I didn't even beca- know that. Because this is in, because Last of Us is in the zeitgeist, Neil Druckmann is making media rounds. And so in, in one of his most recent media rounds, uh, he was asked a bunch of stuff, and I don't have it verbatim, but basically he's like, listen, we're we're done with Uncharted. We told the story that we wanted to tell. Uncharted 4 ends in a way that we we are done with it. And I don't and I think there I think he Neil Druckmann is media trained to the nth degree. And what he says, he means. And he means what he says. So when he says Naughty Dog is finished with Uncharted, I believe him. I believe Naughty Dog is done with Uncharted. And he also said that they weren't sure about The Last of Us continuing beyond factions or whatever or whatever their multiplayer game is going to be. And he also had a couple of things to say about that. And again, some very specific verbiage. He used the word, um, you, can, you will play factions with your friend, singular, right? You will get online or, and you will do whatever with your friend. Not friends, he said. Friend, I mean, there's well, respect- he knows me. I've only got the one. Well, there's <laughs> there's two of us on this podcast with you, Adam. God damn it! I, I know. Okay, um, I'm, I, I, you're coming I'm, to Florida. You're not going to Michigan. So I think we know who the <laughs> friend is. Um, so no, he so he said thing, he said friend, right? So the speculation now that aren't when we play Last of Us, you play Last of Us, you play a, a character, and then you have a you have a singular companion that comes with you, right? For puzzle elements and story and whatever but there's a single person that you go with it's not it's not squads it's duos right last of us is played in duos only and so he says friend you can get you'll get online and you'll do missions with your friend and so there's speculation now that whatever factions is is going to be a co-op specific experience where it's not maybe there is the online stuff right because we've Last of Us Part One had 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 factions. Um, Uncharted games have had their multiplayer suites, and they've been, they've been admittedly they've been, they've been very good. I've been, I've enjoyed my time with the Uncharted multiplayer and factions on Last of Us Part One. Um, but I'm I'm curious as to what you, what you guys think when Neil Druckmann says that Naughty Dog is finished with Uncharted, and if you've played Uncharted Four, you know the end, the final cutscene lends it to believe that yeah, maybe Nathan Drake's story is done. But the way that game ends very much leads to the possibility of much more Uncharted, where Nathan Drake isn't the protagonist and Sully isn't the protagonist. This other this other person is. 
Um, and then with The Last of Us, listen, I, I love Naughty Dog. I love both those franchises, but they've lived in these two worlds for well over a decade. And that's it. And I don't want to see them go back and do anything that's like Jack and Dax or anything that's like, you know, these other games that, they, that, right. that they're known for. I want them to move forward. And I also want them to move forward in something that isn't grounded in this like super grim, dark reality of The Last of Us or even just the real realism of, of Uncharted. I would like to see Naughty Dog go out and do give us a sci-fi game. And I don't mean like I mean like sci-fi, like like wizards and dragons and like knights and like magic. Like I would love like to a see... hack and slash rhythm game. No, not like that. But <laughs> like I would love to see Naughty Dog move on. So I'm curious when Birdo, I have two. Hold on one second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Cause, Cause this is this is the conceit of, of the news story. Neil Druckmann says they're done with Uncharted. Would PlayStation hand that game? Because Naughty Dog does not own the IP. They don't yes. own any of, the, any of their IPs. Is play is Sony? Do you think they will give Uncharted yes. to another studio? If so, who do they give it to? What studio do they give? And do they? Is it they just continue on with four left off? Is it a cold reboot or a hard reboot? And then where do you see Naughty Dog moving post Uncharted, post The Last of Us? If Last of Us Two and Factions are it, and I think we're going to get Last of Us Three personally. But let's say they give us Last of Us 3. And I honestly, based on how two ends, they can. And they will, because financial. But when they're done, where do you want Naughty Dog to go next? And who do you think they give? Because, again, I agree with you, Adam. I think Sony will give Uncharted to somebody else because they're going to let Naughty Dog move on to something different. Who gets it? And what do they do with it? Is it a reboot? Do they continue with Four Left Off? And then that's where I want you guys to... That's where I want to go. So, Adam, I want to go to you first. Because you're, I think you're already on the headspace, and then whatever Tony has. Um, there's no universe in which we don't get another Uncharted game. Zero. There's zero chance that because property of Uncharted is... or because the movie did so well. Because the movie did Both. well. Yeah, the movie did very well. It did very um, well. Be and there's no to way the movie. there will be a sequel to the movie. Um, yeah, there's just there's no way. There's so no way that to? doesn't happen. I don't know. Um, you, they give it to Bend. That's what I was uh, saying, but I don't know what Bend is. Right Bend is supposedly working on a brand new IP. Bend <laughs> is a whole new ball of wax than what they were for Days Gone. And I personally really liked Days Gone. Um, but PlayStation first party studios are they're powerhouses. They like they but that's don't the thing. Do you they don't give, really miss. Do you give this IP that is made and just it exists and it is what it is because of Naughty Dog? Do you put that on another one of your first party studios or do you give it to a second party they already partner? Have. You they would There was a handheld uncharted that was not developed by Naughty Dog. Well, but true. I, I think I, get that, I that's think not, today, it's not the same thing. It's not to the same. And I and I by the way, Drake's Fortune is an amazing game. I love it. But it is not. It is not what you think of when you think of uncharted. You think of uncharted 1 2 3 and 4. So do you take that quality game and you give it do you saddle another one of your first party studios instead of letting them be creative and make their own thing in their own universe a new ip do you say you're going to take this ip that is internal that we do own and you're going to take it as a or do you farm it out to a third party or a second party partner and let them do it you're, you're saying they keep it first party they they have they have enough they have enough talent in-house that they could hand it to a number of studios or a collaboration of studios like we've seen with like the last of us part one you know that's mm -hmm. a naughty dog game but mm -hmm. there were all sorts of cooks in that kitchen where 
yeah, you slap the Naughty Dog logo on it, but it's 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 a product, right? It's made yeah. by a, a, a multitude of developers. Um, yes, Uncharted will come back, whether it's a reboot or something completely. I mean, it could be a number of things. It could be more Chloe and Nadine. It could be prefer? Drake. Would you like, I, I personally, I'm intrigued of them. The way 4 ends, and I, 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 I would love to see them carry on that breadcrumb, that thread at the end of right. Uncharted 4 and go with it leave you can leave nathan and sully behind yeah. and sam behind and chloe and nadine you can leave them all behind and go with that new protagonist that's introduced at the end of four and let her run with it i i i, I, I almost kind of like yeah from a from a gamer standpoint i'd love to see that from a business standpoint i almost feel like it's gonna be a reboot right like Who's the star of the read, movies? But if you read, it's a young Nathan Drake. Yeah. So you, so you're saying you know, like I can it see it in any number of ways. It's not a um, bad idea. And there's also, yeah. Also, I think Last of Us Part Three is a given I, for for many many reasons. Um, Antonio, what about you? What do you think? The there's a couple things at play. One, they they should have stopped making Indiana Jones movies after a certain point because they started to mess them up you know Shia LaBeouf and all that crap and they're make, about to make another one I think there can be things can outlast their welcome and I think mm -hmm. that Uncharted has a a much more limited like you can only get so bombastic in, in, the, in action sequences and all that and I think you could do more Uncharted but I think that in particular needs time to breathe and sure I successful ip is valuable so it'll come back um eventually but i think you let that one breathe and that's kind of what they're trying to say is you know we're tired of it i mean these people work on you know a game and then a type of game and a franchise for you like you said decades like they're burned out and on the concept for the last of us i really like that universe in particular and I crave more and more and more of it. So I wouldn't mind more. However, something to keep in mind about The Last of Us is it's emotionally draining. It has taken me so long to get through The Last of Us Part Two because it's so brutal. And it's so emotionally draining. And now I was going to go back and pick up um, the remake on PC you know, to go through it for the third time mm -hmm. uh, with the enhanced graphics and everything redone from scratch. And I'm, I'm, I'm mentally preparing for it now, months in advance of playing it, to say, okay, I know I want to do it, but it's going to be, you know, I'm going to cry like an Adam. You know it's what I mean? It's, it's, hey, it's, hey, hey, hey. it's, it's not a fun it's game. It's not that it's, it's not, it's not that it's not fun. It is entertaining, but it's motion, it's, it's heavy. It's mm -hmm, very, very heavy. It's like you can't watch a drama after another drama movie after another drama movie like you need to break that shit up like it's crazy so i think that they're definitely burned out on that could you imagine making it and then oh my god there all day every day like and so it's it's a heavy thing and i want more but i think that they're gonna keep doing it i think a three but i think they could serve to wait a while go and do something else and come back what they do next I think that whatever it is has to take advantage of one of their strongest strengths, which is animation. Uncharted and The Last of Us has such 
incredible character models and the way that they naturally move in the environments Form. and and yeah. and like hang against the wall and hold the gun and and the way that the action plays out second to none a level of realism is introduced in their games that no one else has been able to replicate and i've always been impressed with the the animations and models they they just take it to a realism level that ever, all other models look stiff by comparison in other games and whatever they do has to take advantage of that so my thought would be it has to be some type of action game that's all i know because it has to be taking advantage of where you're going to see a third person character that's all i know because that, I, I think if they didn't they that would be crazy if they didn't the the way that they create worlds and characters yep. and dynamics between characters i could like Berto said i could really see them doing a fantastic sci-fi game about some motley crew in space going yeah. from planet to planet I like that. i could i could see them doing a guardians of the galaxy style kind of thing very very well what was that superhero game on playstation it was a temple for a while and then it went away uh, it was a launch title um, you were a superhero you had electricity and then later on infamous 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 or something like it needs to come back i think superheroes are not burned out yet and i think as they're done right they would be great for spoken that would be if, really if, interesting for spoken tried to game. dip into that well which which is what i thought was going to happen is a half realistic half fantasy you know thing and but i think that something like an infamous would be it has to come out of somewhere and i think it will i just don't know where we are seeing a bioshock spiritual successor come out soon in um atomic heart and then an actual bioshock successor coming and i think that games like that are going to make another round soon Holy crap, that sound means it's the end of the show. It is the caboose. Each month we come with a recommendation of something that we think you should enjoy outside of the world of video games. That's right, I cut out the last break. Suck it. <laughs> my recommendation, my recommendation, uh, I like most of America got HBO Max for a short period of time so mm -hmm. that I can enjoy The Last of Us. And I've been browsing their their content and I found a show I've been watching with my son the last couple of days and it is really compelling and it's called The Climb. Have mm -hmm. any of you guys been watching The Climb? Okay, Never so this is a, a reality show type competition about mountain climbing. And so they take 10 mountain climbers and then they bring them to different places on the planet where they scale boulders or they free what do they call it free solo climb over the ocean and it's it's really cool because you get a little insight into mountain climbing and i i, I always find the people that do that to be very fascinating their motivations and their ability to put their lives in peril for the thrill of overcoming these kind of obstacles but what i find really interesting about this show is it its production value is more documentary style and they go into the lives of these people just a little bit deeper than you would get from like an amazing race or something like that and as they climb and as the episodes go you they dive a little bit deeper into their stories and 
the sense of community that they have. I think a lot of times you watch these competition shows and the people just want to win. Like I just want to one up the the guy who's in last place so that I survive another week. Um, something really interesting about the climb is as people get eliminated, you see them continue to cheer on and be part of this brotherhood of the people who are advancing forward in the competition. Um, and it's just, it's really, it's really humbling to see. One of my other favorite competition shows is the Lego Masters show. And it's the same kind of thing where they're the people that are ingrained in this competition actually have a bond that transcends the competition itself. And it's really fascinating. Uh, I don't know how many episodes there are of The Climb, but I've watched four of them now. And it's really interesting. And there's a lot of different styles of mountain climbing that <laughs> I am definitely not an expert on. So every episode, it's not just a dude going up a rock. Like there are lots of different angles that they take from this. Um, I find it very interesting and especially the human approach that they take for The Climb, which is on HBO Max. Birdo, what's in your caboose? Uh, clickers are in my caboose. So I know we're supposed to not talk about video games, but we, I'm, I'm going to. Uh, Last was also on HBO, right? Did the same thing. Got got HBO Max so I could watch watch The Last of Us. Um, and yeah, I'm recommending this show. You should watch the show. The show is great. The official podcast is what I'm recommended. The the po- it drops immediately after the episode airs. Um, it's HBO's official companion podcast for the show. And if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of the game. I highly advise you listen to it. They're not long episodes, certainly not as long as this. They're like, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, maybe. I think I think um, the last one was like, like 25 minutes, maybe. It's not a long um, podcast. And they just talk about the show, what went behind, the, what the thought process behind, um, you know, the, the changes that they make with the show, you know, between between the game and, and, and the show, um, how they came up with like the cold open, right? And, and why why they did what they did to expand upon the, the world that we know and the story that we know um, and then why they make this choice and, and that choice. It's it's amazing. Um, it's it's hosted by by Troy Baker um, and it's got um, Neil Druckmann and I cannot remember the producer's name or the, the director's name. I apologize. Um, but they're on every episode and they just talk about like why, why did they make this change from the game and what was it like filming this and you know, it's just, it's very, it's an in-depth behind the scenes look at the, the thought process and, and how, how the show is being made and why it's being made. And, um, it's, it's just super interesting. If you, if, if, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of the game, I would say even more so if you're a fan of the game than, than you are of the show, because they really talk about, you get some inside baseball and inside the mind of Neil Druckmann as to, look, we did this, this, and this. And he talks about like why the game is designed the way that it is and why it's so slow and, 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 and plotting it's to do this, right? It does this, but why don't you do that in the show? Well, because you're not playing it. And so it doesn't really translate one-to-one. You can't do all this sneaking in a show because it's not tense. Cause you're not there. You're not doing it. You're, you're passive. Whereas in the game, you're, you're an active participant. And so it talks about why they divert the way they do. And, you know, you get some like how, how they directed the actors to do this or how Neil told, Pedro and 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 Bella and whatnot. Listen, I, we don't want you to play the game because if you play the game, what you're going to do is you're going to see um, Troy Baker's portrayal of of Joel, and you're going to see um, what's her name, Ellie. Um, 
I can't think of her name right now. And how Ashley they, Johnson. Uh, thank you. And how they play these characters. And you're going to mimic that. And we don't want you to mimic that. We want you to be in the moment. So in the opening episode, as an example, Pedro Pascal did not see the opening scene in The Last of Us. So the reaction that you get and wow, and that's the, amazing. The actress, <laughs> the actress that you that they have playing um, Sarah didn't see that scene. So when they acted that out, it wasn't them trying to mimic the game. What you saw was them just acting, and it makes that scene in context. Watch that scene again, and then think about what it was like when you played the game. And it's there are certainly similarities because the the direction is generally the same, right? You do you're doing this. But their reaction to each other is just, I would say natural because they're acting, but it's natural. It wasn't recreate this moment, this heartbreaking moment from the game. It's no, here's the script. It's slightly different. There's some similarities. There's some differences, but just react to each other. And then so it makes hearing, hearing uh, Neil describe the direction he's given to, to Pedro and Bella and, and Nick Offerman and... Uh, the gentleman who plays uh, Tom, Frank. The other guy, Frank. Thank you. Um, hearing how these scenes are kind of the behind-the-scenes nature of it, it's super compelling. If you have, I'm going to be it, listening to that. That's listen absolutely. To it. You that have to. It's so to good. The, that speaks to the writing and direction of the, the original game, then, because what gets you is that it feels real and the mm. the acting part of it feel so genuine so the fact that they mm -hmm. did it in the game so well and so naturally just is okay now you put it in the hands of talented actors and you say okay here's the rough script and here's what's happening and then that it just so happens to like also feel you know get the same very real and visceral emotionally jarring out of it it speaks to how well they did it the first time it's like, so it's, good it's so great and god bless writers because good writing and good acting and all this stuff is what makes this possible and as we've seen it's no it's no short order to make a film adaption mm -hmm. from gaming so i'm so glad this is doing so well oh yeah i can't wait and they've they've already announced season two it's been greenlit for season two i i'm i'm stoked i was so hesitant about should, should this show exist? Should this adaptation of this video game exist? Because so often they just, they're not great. And Here's this, my question. Yeah. Real, real quick before we move on. How long do they wait before they film season two? Mm, There's a natural right time progression there in, sure. in that story. I wonder so, if we have to so, wait like a three-year gap before so we get I a season two. Oh, I, I mentioned this at the top of the show. I discussed this with Evan last night because we recorded Checkpoint. And I, season two is going to follow the second game. However, I don't think that it should. Season three should follow part two. Season two should cover. They want to take these liberties and do all these things and oh. make changes. Cover oh. the gap between two. Use this as an opportunity to fill in the time between part one and part two. There's a yeah. whole lot of stuff that happened that wasn't in the game. And I think this is would be, and they're not going to because they, they're going to follow episode two or part two. Yeah. This would so be that perfect medium to say we're going to follow or we're going to fill in those years gaps between part one and part two to see that fallout that happens between to see them. And this isn't really spoilers, not really because the trailers kind of give this away to see the fallout 
between the ending of part one and the beginning of part two and the fallout between Joel and Ellie, you want to, Jesus fucking Christ, how amazing could that be if they filled that in? And then everybody, people who have played the series and those who, because the show was designed for both people who have played the game and those who haven't. And a, th- a, 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 a season where they fill that gap in would bring all of us in. And we are gamers who don't know the, the story point, the story beats that we know they're going to hit in seasons one and in part two when they do that. How hooked would you be at the edge of your seat every episode, not knowing, you know where it's going to end eventually, but to not know that story and what happened in that in that timeline? Sign the ball, me up all the day. balls on these people, the balls on anyone, to. the balls on anyone who takes a story this beloved and then takes liberties with it, but then still nails it. Damn. Right? That's what I want. Tony? All right, Antonio, what's in your caboose? There's a a show on Hulu called Extraordinary, and it's about... um, Not you. A world... (laughs) It's about a world of people who gain superpowers when they're, I think, uh, 21 or something like that. So at a certain point, a certain age in the world, people just started to get superpowers. And it's like, I think, three or five years into it. And it's become commonplace now. And everybody has something. And the world just kind of keeps going. And it's just this story about people who have superpowers of like telekinesis, strength, flying. And, but the world is still mundane and you still have to go to work and you still have to like, <laughs> you still you still have to do everything and people are still who they were so it's not like oh i got this power so i'm gonna go be a superhero it's like oh let me turn back time so i'm not late for work but everybody has the powers so you'll have Weird. different people interacting with different people who are all like using their powers and it's like and you're sitting there wondering, like, why aren't they doing something useful with it? But instead, <laughs> instead, he's they're still just trying to not get caught because I'm not really looking for work. I'm like, you know, oh, yeah, baby, I'm looking for work or whatever. But like turning back time so he doesn't catch you, like not looking for work and just people being normal, but having superpowers. And it's all around this one character, uh, this uh, this Irish woman who has a bunch of life problems and she doesn't have a power and she's only one of the only people in the world like there's very very few people who don't who are late bloomers who don't get their power right around 21 or whatever so she doesn't have anything going for her and she's surviving in this superhero world without any powers and it's hilarious and it's a comedy and it's very light and it's very well shot and it's quick moving and there's a lot of like interesting characters and i'm surprised by the budget you typically in a in a show like this they wouldn't do too much um cgi and 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 like special effects but this has a surprising amount going for it um where they don't shy away from like doing that stuff so it's interesting it's called extraordinary on hulu well, that's going to do it for this month's episode of Mega Dads Live. But this month, this is a special month Big. for a lot of reasons. Big. Not only is it subuary, where every single day we're dropping a new video over on YouTube.com slash Mega Dads. We're driving towards our goal of 500 subscribers. So if you're not subscribed to YouTube.com slash Mega Dads, go do that as soon as this podcast ends. We need every last one of you to help us reach our goal. But... The heavy hitter. The heavy hitter for the month. The champ is back. Ooh! Birdo. 
Alberto, tell us what's starting this week. Holy fucking balls, I am back on stream. I almost said on Twitch, but that's not the case. We are returning to streaming uh, youtube.com slash megadads. You will see my shining, beautiful face twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, streaming on YouTube. We are back and we're kicking off with something I think very special. I think we're going to, we are, we are kind of changing the formula of how streaming went before for Megadads as a whole. Um, we are going to, we're going to try to focus on, I don't want to say my backlog, but we're going to try to focus on the classics, the games that yeah. we grew up loving or that you guys grew up loving. Because here's the thing. I didn't get to grow up with these games. My parents didn't love me enough to buy good games. I had a Sega because they hated me. So <laughs> we are we are starting off with a with with what people have called the greatest JRPG of all time. Chrono Final Trigger. Final Fantasy VII. Close. Chrono, Chrono Trigger. We are going to play. I, and I tried this before and I straight up got stuck. So I'm gonna have essentially co-hosts this time around. Our very own Tony and JB, our Discord uh, uh, master, JB. Uh, the two of them, if not both of them, one of them at least, will be on stream with me. Not on camera, because we don't want to see their faces. But on on stream with me to discuss the games, to break down the games, to tell me how to not suck at the games, give me pointers, help me be my shepherds through some of these classics so I'm not fumbling around like a fucking idiot as I am what time Berto? Tuesdays nine, and Thursdays Tuesdays and Thursdays 9pm Eastern Standard Time whatever that is for you you do the math I'm not doing it for you Tuesday uh, Thursday 8 Central and we're gonna we're gonna just have a great time replaying some great classics we've got a, I've got a bunch of classics lined up most of them are going to be some classic RPGs after Chrono Trigger we're jumping into one of Adam's favorite games of all time <gasps> Final Fantasy oh my- 3 slash 6 Oh my God! Um, so it's gonna be great. That's 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 on the on the docket. We're and starting we're, stream team with two of the best games of ever all made. Time, and then we're gonna hit some <laughs> other classes. We're gonna go back and play a lot of SNES games. A lot of, um, you know, we'll we'll, we'll play th- we'll play you know old classic Mario games and old classic whatever. But if you are of an age, and if you listen to this podcast, you are, um, <laughs> and you want to relive some of these classics, you are going to want to be a part of the stream Tuesdays. And Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, 7 Pacific, noon in wherever in Europe, probably. I don't know. But make time. We're going to have fun. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Tony did, and um, not to play his ego, an amazing job. I think the look of the stream is is going to, it's awesome. I love it. Um, we're going to have a good time. I am thrilled beyond belief to be back. God willing, we don't have technical difficulties on night one. We'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> it happens. It, it happens. And it will. It and will. that's part of the charm. And that, that's okay. So, yes. Uh, see you soon. Big, Tuesday, big, big, Thursday. Big. See you. Tuesday, Thursday. This Join drops, us. This drops Monday. See you tomorrow, guys. See you tomorrow. Oh, my God. Because we know everybody listens to this on day one. Everybody. Well, this was this was a great time as always we thank you guys so much for listening for watching over at youtube.com slash megadads for being part of the megadads community jump in that discord as always we will see you next month for an all new episode of megadads live happy valentine's day we love you don't let anybody touch your butt unless you have to bye